Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello there. Hello, hello. What's going on, Devin? What do you have for us today? The best argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you like, where'd you go with that? That's Winston, yeah, right. that's Winston Churchill, basically calling everyone stupid. But <laughs> I brought that up because I want everyone to go now and <laughs> be the average voter. And <laughs> don't think too much about it. Just go and vote. Go vote for <laughs> Dustin's Knife and our video. <laughs> and uh, because the uh, dagger challenge is has started, unless you're listening to this early in the morning, then it hasn't. But it yeah. will. Uh, yeah. Nine a.m. Uh, all of our Pacific. All of our dedicated listeners are, you know, they've just woken up. It's Friday morning, and first thing they do is put on the Art Craftsmanship podcast. Well, so. if they're going to work, maybe you yeah, drive maybe to work. Yeah, that's when I do it. Me I'm too. Still on my way to work. So. If you are uh, you listening to this and it is pre uh, twelve p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday the fifteenth of April two thousand twenty-two, well then you won't be able to go vote. But <laughs> when it hits noon and the videos go live, uh, the Dagger Challenge videos there are nineteen makers in total on YouTube. We're all making different types of daggers, so make sure you go over and vote for ours. Check it out. Vote for the one you think the best, but. I'm pretty biased. No. I think mine just, is pretty awesome. Just vote. Just vote for ours. <laughs> just go and vote for ours. <laughs> don't don't vote for who you think. Just vote for ours. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we need the votes. Um, so, uh, I had a, um, yes, <clears throat> um, um, I was thinking. That uh, yeah, people shouldn't think too much about it. Just just go vote. The link <laughs> the link is it's going to be all over the place because there's like yeah. 19 people. All everyone has to do a video, right? Isn't that the thing? Yeah, yeah. All the right. competitors so are all, making a video, right? Yep, right. So um, go. Everyone will have links. Everyone will be posting like crazy. And now once again, we're going to see if having 19 YouTubers at once do the same thing. Do if yeah. it will get results. Um, right. If yeah. we'll get views, um, I know a lot of the newer channels they get a good bit just because right. they're getting the exposure. And there's a couple channels that are much bigger than us to, anyway. Right, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily trickle back to us, or at least we only did one, and they've had two so far. And this is going to be right. our second, and the group's third. Right. Um, yep. So uh, we'll see. Either way, yeah. Either way, it's cool to do it with everyone, and I think we have put together a really good, entertaining thirty-three and a half minute video. Yeah, <laughs> of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree, and uh, like <clears throat> I've watched it now. I actually watched it twice, or I watched most of it twice um, before it went out. And yeah, I mean, I think the pacing is great. Like it moves along really nicely, and um, yeah, some. I don't know. I just, yeah, I think it's a little, it's moving, it moves a little faster than it has in the past, even though it's still over a half an hour long. It, it really like 
progresses really nicely and yeah there's not uh there's not like too much of one thing or another thing happening you know like things that take a little bit more time you know have a, use a little bit more time in the video because they that is naturally what they do but <clears throat> but things that you know in, in the past that would take a long time like grinding or heat treating things like that that just right. naturally take time you know you yeah. just kind of edit it seems about just right yeah I, it's i feel i mean since you've done it so many times it's half of right. me just like okay we've seen this we've seen this half of me just wanting to get on to the next thing not and that doesn't mean obviously most of the people who see this video won't have seen the have right. seen the others because right, what, exactly. whatever what do you say fifteen percent or whatever of the people watching your videos are 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 subscribers and the rest are all new people right um, yeah so it's it's that and it's uh being mindful of it trying to keep it moving and I think once maybe once or twice in the video you say like hey we go more in depth this on some other videos right you know and because we have plenty of videos where you do we do it a lot slower and you talk about the whole thing yeah like if you want to learn how to heat treat your plate there's probably three or four videos other ones who go in of ours that go into depth right and uh, this one's just kind of speed through Dustin his first shots are in this video yeah right well actually I guess uh your... I did this, some stuff in the in the um, Maker Camp video. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah, yeah. You're shooting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shot some stuff. Shot a little bit of you, and <laughs> yeah. mostly. No, you get yeah. some. You get some great shots. That. Yeah. But um. Yeah, yeah it turned out really good. You know, like we we talked about it a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but you know, had just so started with uh you know it's it's um stock removal so with uh, eighty CRV two it's a inch and a half by three sixteenths thick. And the blade is 16 inches um, with a, uh, a single fuller running down one side, so off-center, so not down the middle, which was kind of cool to do that, you know, first time. I set up that, like, a guide and then run the <clears throat> run the grinding, uh, the four-inch angle grinder grinding disc down the length, which actually worked really well and uh, made a nice straight line. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, just kind of did that and just kind of slowly worked through it. I had the, I had everything drawn out kind of what I wanted to do. So I knew where it was going to go, but you know, it always like when I try something new like that, like this stagger is something that I've never done before and a different shape and you know, te new techniques and things. I'm, it's always kind of fun to kind of work through it and figure stuff out as long as I go, um, which is exciting. So, you know, it was kind of cool to do a long blade and the heat treat went really well, which I'm always really happy with because that's the most stressful part of any, you know, knife making endeavor. Yeah. Anything that's over a few inches and and not super thick is going to and the, the possibility of it warping and heat treat is really high. So that was nice. You know, we did the whole heat treat thing. It was just me doing it with uh, setting up the camera, a couple different angles and a couple different handheld shots. Mostly it was just the time lapse from further away. But yeah, it was. Uh, as I was doing the heat treat, as I was doing the tempering or the um, the the normalizing kind of cycles, you know, in and out of the forge with heating it up and letting it cool down at like kind of normal pace, it was it kept wanting to warp left or right in that process. Mm. You know, not a ton, but a little bit, like moving a little bit, and I'd kind of straighten it on the anvil. And there was a few times when you saw me doing that, kind of straightening it out and just making sure I got it, you know, where I where I wanted it. And then, but once I quenched it and pulled it out and it was pretty straight i had i had two pieces of angle iron ready in my post vice to like clamp in if i really need to or make little adjustments but i pulled it out and it was nice and straight and 
I clamped it in anyway in the in the angle iron and got it just just after I quenched it and it was cool. I put it in there and just let it sit and cool yeah. it out and then went right into the temper. But after I did a little you know file test on it, but but yeah, it was great. You know that's that's the biggest part. I was like pulled it out and I don't know if you can see it in the video. I can't remember or not. But as I was um, as I was doing the the heat treating the 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 propane was running out on the very last mm, one. So yeah. I had it in the forge for the last heat, you know, I'd done three normalizing cycles and I, and I'm getting that last heat and it was kind of like the, the flame kept getting, it would diminish and diminish and get like less and less powerful. And I'd have to shake the, like, shake the, <laughs> uh, the tank and get it going again. I kept having to do that while I'm in the middle of getting that very last heat, trying to get it really even, you know, nice kind of cherry red all the way down the bit blade and check it with the magnetism and stuff. And, but yeah. it all turned out really good. That that so. was something I I saw, and for, right. I forget the reason why I didn't include it. I think there was a I I don't know why that would have been good to keep in, yeah. but I, I I forget why. I feel like I had a reason, right? Whilst editing it, it yeah. might have been one of those things where I was struggling and I moved on and then never came back to to try to right. like <laughs> I just kind of forgot about it. I was like, oh, okay, here, like <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, let's just nah, one of those. Fine. I mean, and you know, in time lapse, it would you would have you would not really have been able to tell. I, mean, I guess people who maybe you know, heat yeah, treating maybe propane for maybe it was that, tell, and I I was like thinking I could slow it down or do something, you know, and like yeah. highlight it. But then it's, I think it was getting too much, and we we had only limited limited days to edit, and that yeah, man, what what do we? I forget what we should six or seven days. Yeah, it was a lot of shooting, um, and then yeah. you shot like two by yourself, so it's like yeah. Around ten days of shooting, and then I've kind of figured. Out, I feel like if we, it's that many days of me editing, like whatever we we shoot, mm, right? So okay. if we shoot seven, I feel like I worked on this for seven days, and obviously I can only I can't sit down for eight hours a day, right? Yeah. Some days it's just an hour of editing. Some days it's eight hours of editing. Yeah, <laughs> like like whenever the last or the last two days, that's usually what it is. I st- yeah, on, I start going, and then I I just keep going. I'm like. Yeah, I think you get on a roll too. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you, and you're like, ooh, and once things start clicking, yeah. you get more excited to keep keep going because it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is really looking good. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's great. No, I I, I like the pacing too, and and yeah. it's, <clears throat> your your descriptions of stuff are good, but there's just enough right uh, quiet time, and there's enough. There's a lot of different things, like you said, you haven't done. Right, but you, yeah. You explain them well, and we. I feel like we see them well, and yeah, you had good reactions on stuff, and we caught a couple candid things, and it was just yeah, like, yeah. I noticed that there took a couple of good candid things in that, you know. That like the part where I dropped the, uh, yeah. I guess it's the pommel I was working on. I was just yeah. like, you know, just grinding it, you know, doing the final like polish on it. I'm grinding away, and it and it like just shoots out of my hand you know the grinder grabs it and just shoots <laughs> yeah. straight down into the water bucket and the water bucket's just full of you know metal dust and copper pot dust and wood dust and right. everything in this nasty wet bucket and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i kind of like you thought i had hurt myself or something you know like did, or maybe you thought it was like it getting hot gotten hot or something because the I way th- i kind of jerked back yeah but that was like purely my reaction from being like, oh, it's going to go into the bucket. 
Like it was like it happened really quickly. I was like, it pulled out of my hand, and I pulled my hands back. Like, oh no! Like, so I dip my hand down into the bucket and like swirl it around and find it. And I kind of pull my hand, kind of shaking my hand as I'm getting pulling it out, just to like get the water to rinse some stuff off. Like, yeah, that's one thing I've kind of (laughs) tried to fight against is reacting. Right. As your brother, as me just like wanting to laugh and say stuff right away and talk right. about it. But yeah. me knowing right away when something like that, I have to stay still and like silent. I can't, I'm trying to capture it. I can't be right. like chatting with you and like yeah. looking for it and like, which is a little, everything else is easy. But when something like that happens, you kind of want to jump in and say, like, oh, what? Oh, man, look where to go. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. Right. I like just kind of stand there and wait for you to react a little bit. And like, <laughs> then I kind of zoom down real quick and got you dipping it out. Uh, yeah right <laughs> but um yeah that yeah was good. so yeah i moved on to that after the heat treat after the whole tempering and everything that worked out well and then i uh yeah i was able to kind of move on to the handle stuff which was really i mean i did all the grinding all the finish grinding everything on the blade which that was kind of cool too because i had to do um or what i wanted was basically a convex blade like i didn't want any um any grind like bevel lines, you know, the top of the bevel. So usually with a, with daggers and things, you've got a center line running down the center of the blade or a fuller running down the center of the blade. You know, a lot, same thing with like all long swords and things, but I didn't want that. I wanted, because it was an offset blade with a, you know, flat um, spine three quarters of the way down the blade on one side with a fuller long, running along that flat spine and then a secondary bevel so it's a you know a tip that's sharpened on both sides i wanted that to be a convex grind from the edge to the spine so you don't see any bevel line and then the same thing as i got to the tip i wanted to round that whole tip over so it's you know like a um, a what's that like an eyeball you know rather like if you're looking at the end like a football rather than like a diamond Mm. um and so to get that like that convex grind as I was doing the grinding and then also have that transition um, from that secondary plunge line where the secondary bevel starts on the top of the blade to the tip, have that like transition, you know, the uh, convex grind all the way to one edge and then change from to a convex grind that goes from one edge to the other edge, like in a smooth loop all the way, you know, smooth rounded edge all the way without any bevel line was kind of interesting to do, kind of hard to get that really smooth. You know, I had to kind of go back over it quite a, a lot of times with the different belts and stuff to really smooth out transition. And then once I moved into the Scotch-Brite belt, that always does a great job of blending everything together. So that really blended off. So it was kind of cool. So on, on the blade, there's no there's no bevel line, you know, like top of a bevel. It's all just convex all the way over to the the flat spine and then across the, the secondary beveled edge, which is six inches or so at the end of the blade yeah i um i actually edited thanks sniffle mcgee you're worse than me i'm like <laughs> hold, i'm holding i'll hold my sniffles back i got a whole pile of things here uh, <laughs> um i actually for like i had edited that part of you grinding right. and i was trying to quickly edit but then I, I i like pushed through it too quick like the jumps were too far Right <laughs> and 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 I was like, wow, that's too much. That's one thing we're trying. I'm trying to get fast paced, but I also want people to see every single step as right. much as much as we can do it. Because you really you want to. Right. I mean, our our idea is people. It's not a how to guide necessarily, right. but we're also showing 
as much as we can as much to show people the process right exactly if there's a step that i do like it should be shown mm-hmm. and yeah it should, and like if it's a you know, drill a hole right well that only takes 10 seconds right. but if it's you know two hours of grinding then that should be maybe you 30 have, seconds you or have something to you know? try yeah you have to try to convey that a little bit and i had edited it and gone like edited a few more minutes of the video and then kind of came back and then I guess another reason why I'm slow during editing is I keep rewatching everything because I feel like right. if I, I told you earlier I had edited some chunks and then I started editing the next day and I like put in a piece of music and I was editing to that and having fun with it, but then when I watched it all together it was like too much music, right? It was like yeah. one song after the next. I was like, well, yeah, no, that doesn't. And I think it was the grinding part. Okay. I had music over it, so <laughs> I was just like, no, this is just gonna be grinding sounds. I wiped nice. that out. Um but then I did I added the footage the um footage that you shot of working on it the time lapse stuff. Right. Yeah. I think cuz I had forgotten that that part was shot also by you. Oh right. Cuz you, cause you I was realize the time lapse right, is there in, too. In my yeah. in my head I was thinking handle and heat treat are the right. stuff you got. And then yeah. while I was digging through it again thinking about how I was going to re-edit it. I found them luckily, and I was like, "Oh yeah, cool, cool." I'll just do right. another time lapse <laughs> because it does show how much time. Because you know, yeah. like th- showing like six passes of a grinder and another belt, and, like five more passes, and the sequence being over, right? And that you have this really nice blade done. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. That's not that. That's not enough. Yeah, you got to convey the amount of time mm-hmm. that it took mm-hmm. to do that, that thing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and that's the that's the great thing about. Time lapse. I mean, some people only use it, and I mean that's fine. That's yeah, that that's their thing. That's their like way to get their point right. across. But we try to do both, and we try to not just heavily only weigh in on time lapse. Because if we did yeah. that, then Dustin wouldn't need me at all. So <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from that. <laughs> we'll never switch to that. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of like this time-lapse thing. It's kind of easy. <laughs> what if we did all of it like this? None of this camera just, moving around this, stuff. This the next video, I'll just shoot completely myself, see what happens. I probably edited myself, too. I'm like, I'm, I'm coming in. I'll be there. I'm just going to start showing up. No, no. <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, go down to the shop and like, make it. Yeah, here. I'm shooting. Hey, hey guys. Come what's in, up? Kick over this. Kick over the camera. What's up? It's me again. <laughs> What's like, up? I'm taking this home. What's up, TikTok? Hey, <laughs> don't you make a boomerang right now? You stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but that was cool. And then you know, and then obviously I got into the the carving the handle, which took a ton of time, but was really fun. Um, I I uh, was thinking about this. I uh, I can't remember. I was doing something. And I was thinking about it the other day, but. As I was carving the handle, um, I guess I did for I did two nights, one where you came over and shot, and then one the next night I did it completely on my own. Um, and both nights it was like four hours, you know, or something right. like that, like three and a half or four hours of constant just sitting there, really tightly working and carving away at the handle with you know a dremel with burrs on it and then with sanding and you know also like different burrs different sanding things different files and and like rasps and things that i had and uh both times both of those kind of sessions of grinding went by really quickly for me 
Like it didn't feel like four hours. And I knew that I like really enjoyed what I was doing or that it was something completely different that kind of took my mind over and just got into like the groove of it. When yeah. I realized both times that I was like, Oh, it's already like 11 o'clock or 1130. And you know, I started at eight o'clock or something. It's like, like, Oh, Devin's geez. still, Devin's still just standing there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Looking at me. <laughs> yeah. I mean that first night where we shot, I mean, I, I had been grinding for probably like an hour or well, so, you know, like kind of getting started and moving along. And then that's, that's when, when, that's when the, the beer fridge comes in handy. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, like, just go drink a couple beers, and then <laughs> yeah, then we just fun. chat. Well, that when that yeah. was, and we also, and that's what. Yeah, after the first yeah. hour, that's when we put in. Yeah, we. Uh, you were like, "What if we do like a live stream while you're doing this?" I was like, yeah, I was like "Good I need, idea." I was like, and "I need I, something else to do." Yeah, and I was a little like hesitant just because I, you know, the whole point of this challenge is that we don't really show much of it until the challenge, right? Because. I mean, I guess I mean, it doesn't really matter around her. And we talk about it coming up to it, but we try not to show much of it. And the fact that we had the, you know, like two and a half hours of a, of a live stream of me just carving away, you know. So if people watch the live stream where a couple thousand people did or have since we put it out, you know, there's uh they get a little kind of sneak peek of that handle being done. Yeah. Um, you know, in but, the process. But, yeah, it's only the handle. And it's yeah. not, the handle's not. It's so, I feel like you can show a few steps or we only showed one step. Yeah. Really? Uh, Right. And I actually kind of like, I like the fact that that was there because that also reiterates the time that these things take, mm -hmm. you know? So someone would be like, how long it take? I'm like, well, go ahead and check out the two and a half hour live stream that I did in the last video. (laughs) And, uh, and that was about a quarter of the amount of time it took me. (laughs) Cause like, you know, probably about four times that long, you know, or maybe like three times as long as just that live yeah. stream to get it all done. Because then, you know, then the next night I worked for another three and a half or four hours. And then the next day when you came over, I finished it, you know, doing all the all the texturing in the in the low areas for another hour and a half, two, three hours or something, you know, and then sanding and all the finishing. So, yeah, you know, so, it took quite a lot of time, but it was, yeah, I like definitely got in the groove, you know, kind of lost myself in doing mm-hmm. that. It was fun. No, it was good. And, um... I wanted to include, at first, when I was shooting you doing that, I was trying to, you know, I, I wanted to get shots cropping out the cell phone and the setup of the live stream. Right. But then I was yeah. like, well, let me get a few shots just in case I want to edit some of that in. And then when yeah. I was editing, I was like, yeah, I'll show it because yeah. it's just like, uh, it's it shows, and they can see the, the video before this one, right. the live one yeah. that we did do the whole thing live. So you can like see in the video Oh, there's the live stream. Like yeah, doing like it you were actually <laughs> filming while we were doing the live stream. That right. was like part of it. Yeah, right. I was like, oh yeah, I'll well, leave I like a that. few shots of <laughs> yeah. the the phone being there, like <laughs> yeah. shooting it. Um, yeah, because that's something nice about. Uh, I mean, just about YouTube in general that you kind of get this like behind the scenes feel on all the videos on everything that's on YouTube because it's all maker. It's all like individually person made. You know, it's not a big production. You don't get just the polished end of it. I mean, you do, but everything is individual people. So it kind of feels like everything on YouTube is almost behind the scenes. Um, but having even that having like, Oh, during this time when Devin's there filming me, you know, like then we're doing this other thing. So you can kind of put these two things together and be like, yeah, you were watching live while we were shooting a video, you know, of of this, this whole video that now is out and polished. You were also watching it like during the, you know, so it kind of does the same thing that like Instagram does where I post kind of pictures along the way and bring people along the way. You know, so they can kind of feel like they're part of it. Yeah, it's a great thing about YouTube and Instagram. Everyone gets their 
eyes and ears and hands on it and get to yeah. see it and be a part of it. Um, right, and reach out to the makers and comment and stuff and you know get some direct feedback, which is and, um, you know, I'm really so cool. glad after that you decided to make it darker or use yeah, a little yeah. bit of stain. I mean, I, yeah. and you were, yeah, you were on the fence the whole time and I just kept trying to get, and I think you were kind of, you were leaning that yeah. way anyway. Yeah, I was leaning, I, like straight, all the way from the beginning, I was like, well, I want it to be really dark. Mm-hmm. So then as soon as we cut that shark open and there was like light stuff inside, well, I was like, well, I don't want it to be light. So, mm-hmm. so it needs to be dark. And, you know, so I was like, well, we can definitely, and you had suggested early on, like, oh, we could use something and stain it really dark. And, but then once I started, had the idea to use the wood from the shark, which I, think as far as i can tell what the kind of consensus says on instagram was that it was desert ironwood um i was like well that'll be great because that thing's already dark it's perfect i won't have to die i won't have to stain it and then so then once we got the lights off and i was like okay well then i was like well i guess we should stain it but the only reason why i hesitated is because there's such nice variation in the wood grain and you know you see that grain and you see some of that change in the color even mm-hmm. with the light stuff, I was worried that staining it, it would just all go completely dark. And you wouldn't see any of that, you know, lose a lot of the character. Yeah. But it didn't. It just pushed everything to that. Like, it just dropped the value down to the next couple darker values. And there's still, like, some light in it. But it just made everything darker. And, you know, and that's what I wanted because all those handles, a lot of those handles are made of, like, bog oak or things like that. You know, the super dark black right. wood. You know? Right. Or yeah, you they've just been used for a thousand years and, you know, been held in for a couple hundred years. And so right. All they all have that, hands. yeah, ancient, dark, hand-oiled right. look. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No, it, it came out great, and we were discussing when you were talking about what kind of texture you wanted to put, right? Yeah, in the low areas. Uh, <laughs> I, that's actually why I just leaned out because I was trying to. Yeah, sorry, folks. Yeah. I'm all. We're all stuffed up. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what it is. I'm sorry. Um, but the uh, yeah, trying to figure out what kind of texture. Yeah, well, it's because I had the idea. I was like, well, I figure maybe I'll because I was working on it the second night you know after a couple hours in and i'm sanding the high spots and working through i'm like man do i need to like sand all the low spots too that's you know it's just like a lot of sanding to get it up to the polish i want and all these like rounded edges and corners and things i'm like well so i was like well what if i add a texture into the bottom you know i had that that kind of the same idea inspiration from engraving because when you engrave you know there's high spots and low spots and so a lot of times in the low spots or in the negative spaces you'll add texture so that way the positive spaces pop pop out and uh, so i had that idea to do that and then also you and i were talking about it we're kind of like it also it was somewhat inspired by ray skin on like japanese Mm -hmm. swords Mm -hmm. and things you know where they would use that texture we both yeah i think we both kind of had the same thought yeah yep I mean, or maybe that's just what, when you think of, like, textured handles. Dots and yeah, the blades, yeah. it's that type of, yeah, that's exactly. the most famous, notable kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was cool. And then, uh, you know, and I had that same idea of the, um, some of it. So, <laughs> so there's the heirloom fit-up, which when you're doing a fit-up between, you know, handle scales and different different materials and things, usually, not usually, but... Usually you clamp everything together and then you sand it all and it's all this really nice fit up, you know, no gaps between all these different materials and things. And that kind of one of those like signs of, uh, you know, craftsmanship in knife making or in handle making. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've seen different people, a lot of different people use heirloom fit ups, which basically you instead of 
clamping everything together really tight and then sanding it flat so there's no gaps or spaces between you actually round over the edges of both pieces of material where they touch so that way you get a little bit of a like like a purposeful rounded transition between two pieces of material and uh so as i was like I, i cut the hole in the brass for the bolster and then also the hole in the pommel at the end that, that we like tapped and so we could screw it into the end of the tang um the hole in the bolster or the hole in the wooden handle going through so the whole tank could go through the handle was a little bit bigger than it need to be hmm. um so it had a little bit of play in it you know like hmm. as i slid it on it kind of wanted to turn a little bit left and right and so I had this kind of fear that I would go to glue everything up, I'd get it all together, it'd all be fit really nicely, and then I'd, I'd turn it, and it would all like turn a little bit off. You know, it wouldn't like line up perfectly because that wood was there. And I knew obviously that didn't really matter because usually you glue everything up, it's all a little bit funky, and then you shape it all down so it's perfect. Mm. But I also didn't really want to glue up the handle. I kind of liked the idea of it being, um, you know, a handle that you can take apart. Like that's, that's something mm-hmm. that people do as well. You know, you have this like things that can be all screwed together and, you know, or you can take them apart. So I kind of like that idea as well. And having that threaded tang that, you know, screwed into the pommel. Originally I thought maybe, maybe I would do like a, a little nut or something at the very end that would screw in. But then as I thought about, it, I kind of like this almost like the flat end and that's a lot of them have a flat end. A lot of them have different decorative nuts or whatever on the end that you screw on as well. But I kind of like the flat end and because I had that quarter inch brass on the end, I kind of wanted that just to be the end of the, of the blade or of the handle. So the more I thought about it, I was like, well, what if I just do the pommel screwed on directly? Like that's the big nut that screws on. So right. with everything, the, a little bit of imperfection in the handle can really be highlighted in that type of situation where you screw something on. And if it doesn't screw on exactly the way you screwed it on when you were working on it, then it, it, things might be off a little bit. Yeah. So I had, I was like, okay, well, what, you know, I was kind of thinking through that as I was working and I was like, oh, what if I do an heirloom fit up, you know, just a little bit of like a rounded edge on both sides. So that way, if it is off a tiny bit, it won't show as much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like a little bit of guilty feeling that way, but then the more I looked into it, the more I saw other, other, you know, dirks and things doing that same thing. I was like, well, that looks really nice. Like I really like that transition because it highlights that transition mm-hmm. between the two mm-hmm. and you get this nice dark line between them and between the dark wood and the really high polished brass. Yeah. I knew that would make a really nice line. And because I had those dark lines in the handle with all the carving, I thought that would just like be a nice way to, you know, reiterate that design element throughout it. And yeah. 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 Once you told me about that I, right away, I was thinking like, no, that's great. And then once I saw it, yeah, it just, yeah. it's so nice. Those, because you know, not everything has to be one uh, slick piece. Yeah, of, continuous. Of like, yeah, right. It's mm-hmm. not like stacked, polished things. Mm-hmm. It's three separate things, and it makes yeah, it all. even. It makes it even more so because you can take them apart and look at look at them. Yeah, like you can right. you can show it to people. Yeah, like right away, just be like, put, 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 unzip it. Like here's yeah, this. Take here. it all apart. It's show, almost like yeah, a, a right. teaching thing, you know. I'll be like, oh, I yeah. did this. Hey, look, I polished these up, and this is how a this is how a, 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 a dagger works. This yeah, is right. how a sword yeah, exactly. would work. It's kind of cool, and you can put it on, yeah. and and it'll look really good because of the style of fit up. 
Right, exactly. And I've always been fascinated about that with, with Japanese swords and things where basically they have, you know, the whole handle and everything is, it's designed to be taken apart and put back together. Right. You know, like often, and people would change out the different parts of it, you know, when they would change hands over generations and, you know, so I thought that was kind of cool. You know, you have it, this thing that can be taken apart and looked at and, you know, examined. And then like if something were to happen and the wooden handle cracks or something, I can take it apart and put it on a new handle. Or if the brass gets all like, you know, scratched up or something for some reason, you know, I go into a battle and I have to stab someone and you know, the bone <laughs> chips on whatever, I could take it apart and polish it back up and put it all back together. I do actually really like that part about it. Like I could take take apart that and polish up the brass because there's nothing like a really nice mirror polished brass. Yeah. And, but brass also oxidizes and dulls pretty quickly. You know more than other materials. Right. So, so, so you, can you know, take so I could take it off and just throw it on the polish. You know, buff it on the polishing wheel and toss it back in one of those and mirror mirror polished again. And I really like, like I like the Dirk. I think it's a really fun small, um, you know small sword big dagger size which is a perfect size for you know any type of like comic-con type dress up type thing you know like (laughs) sca or or renaissance festival things like that where i might be wearing um you know wearing my kilts or wearing that as like as a presentation piece it's a really nice presentation piece and i'm super proud of it you know it looks beautiful so i'm really excited to have it and you know and like i said that would be a presentation piece so like tip put it on a buffing wheel and buffing the brass back up so it's really nice and shiny would be kind of cool to do before events or whatever yeah re-oil the handle you know and it's relieved not to have to glue it yeah (laughs) yeah because gluing is just the that just we always have to plan around that hey we're we're stop shooting once the glue yeah, right, it's, exactly. You know, it's yeah. always like, how can we not glue <laughs> yeah, <right>. everything up? Because <laughs> there's no Russian glue. Probably. Everyone knows. You yeah. gotta, it's got to be whatever, overnight at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and glue then, it, clamp it, and let it sit. I mean, you know, they, they kind of, they like, it'll it'll harden to the touch, you know, within half an hour or 40 minutes or something, or depending on what glue you're using. But, you know, it's really not completely set for something like 10 hours or something or right. so it's always just overnight you know we just do it and then it's the next day or two days later or something we'll yeah. get together and start cutting it down and, and yeah if you were if you were gluing it something i i don't know gluing something else that you wouldn't you weren't about to abuse right yeah like you do whilst making the the, the whole thing and, <laughs> yeah and all types of vibrations and things and like twisting and tension and pushing and pooling like it's constant right. like testing and heating up and cooling down and constant you're like it's like the the most rigorous test right you think of for for some type of bonding agent and yeah. that's what you, that's what you do while finishing the blade right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like glue it up and then go for it you know it's like okay yeah right with all the yeah the different materials too and you know like grinding and stuff and yeah so we you did that Put yep, the stain then, on. Yeah, yeah. Got it all together. Oiled it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad, put on, yeah, glad was, I got that part in. I was like, hey, can you <laughs> just say what the oil is real quick? Oh, right, yeah. Because that's like, you know, people ask five, questions. 5% of our comments are, what's the what, oil? What, what's the oil on there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was nice, you know, put, yeah, and got that, like, putting the stain on for the first time, which was really nice, getting that really dark, like, whoo, like, it just looks so nice. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wipe it off, and then, 
yeah another layer of it and yeah that was great it was, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's great when it's i mean it, it everything is super uh, shiny obviously when it's wet it's yeah like, it's right. like your car right when it's washed or yeah. everything looks great like a piece of candy or something you know? yeah it's like, exactly yeah it's such a good look and getting yeah. it while it's coming on it's like it looks like like squid ink Right, it was, yeah. it was so dark, but so shiny. Like the lights yeah. hit it, man. It was really, really nice looking. Yeah, and then all the all the dark, um, all the tr- like contrast and transition in all the, between the knots and stuff. Everything just popped even more. So the shadows got darker, and the and the light things are bright and shiny, and you know high spots. And yeah, it turned out really nice. And then yeah. same thing, just kind of the second coat wiping it all off and seeing that that six hundred grit sanded surface after just wiping off the um off the stain and how nice that looked compared to the textured you know bottom layers and stuff and just yeah it just really made everything pop because up to that point everything had been like hand sanded and ground and just all of that that sawdust all that dust from from you know grinding and shaping the handle had just kind of gotten into all the cracks and everything everything that's there was just kind of had a layer of dust on it, which makes everything really light, you know, and bright. Yeah. So it was like hitting it with that oil for the first time or that stain for the first time. And it just made everything super dark and like super contrasty. And oh, it was so nice. Yeah, yeah. Just sitting there doing it like, oh, just giddy with excitement. Like, oh, this looks so good. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, then like kind of that we were doing that. And while that was kind of sitting and oiling, then we were also prepping to like do the final shine up on the brass. And then the brass shines up to this like beautiful mirror polish, yeah, which is so nice. And then as we were like getting ready to put everything together, you were like, well, what about the tang? Don't you need to cut it down? I was like, oh yeah, crap. I got to cut it down. <laughs> right. So I had to put everything together, which we hadn't done yet. You know, so I was like, screw everything together with it all basically finished so I could mark off where to grind the tang down to and then like do that. But I was like, well, I need to grind it just enough that I leave a little bit. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of talked about it. It'd be kind of nice to have a little bit of a bump out, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the tang, but like not so much that it looks like a threaded tang, but not so little that it's below the surface of the pommel. Right. It had right. to it just stick out just enough. And so I did that and then, yeah, like ground it flat and then rounded it to like a ball end and then took that over to the polisher and polished it up. And it was like a, just a great mirror polish on that mm-hmm. little end of the tang. Mm-hmm. And it's rounded just enough that it sticks out like perfect, like a, you know, maybe an eighth of an inch. And that's just enough that you can kind of, if you really look at it you can kind of see some of the threads on the sides, but because it's so shiny with the shiny pommel, the brass pommel and all, it's like, it, you know, you can't, it's just, and you get this little edge around it. It's all just like matches perfectly. So cut off the tang, screwed it all together. Oh, that's so nice. Just like looks beautiful and feels great. Good weight because that handle, that wood is really heavy and the brass is nice and heavy. So you got a lot of weight in your hand. Yeah. So it, it really balances out the blade weight and all. It's Yeah. And it's like nice and thin, but not too thin. You know, like the the shape is good and even though it's kind of small for my hand, but that's kind of more traditional size. And you know, it just, no, yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels great. Um, yeah. there's one of the, th- another thing is I do, I want to touch everything. Just like right. a lot of people do. Yeah, and and, and to, yeah. you also are always like here, like handing me stuff to hold. 
And yeah, I'm always kind of like, I'm always like, no, I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's all oiled. Everything is always, especially if you're proud of something, it's usually like fresh, freshly oiled yeah, right. or, or something. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. Like, it'll be all over the camera and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But usually, after, once we're done, I'm like, all right, let me grab it. <laughs> let me have let me, let me, yeah, no. Right. But it, it, it turned out really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's also the thing where I just assume you're going to produce something really nice. Right. So yeah. when it comes out nice, I'm not like ne- not necessarily like outwardly complimentary, but it's it's gorgeous. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's one of those things you're just like, oh, I assume it would be good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah. done. Like, okay, cool. It's done. Like, I'll see you. Like, but you know, yeah. I mean, so I'm not. I'm not always giving you props, but you get enough of those in the comments anyway. So right. You, exactly. you don't. You don't need my props. Yeah, and you, <laughs> and you understand that there's like a certain level of craftsmanship that I'm aiming for all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like, it, I'm I'm trying to get rid of all the scratches and trying to make everything as perfect as possible. And if it's not perfect, I might back up a little bit and try it a little bit better. <laughs> you know, like. So, yeah, you're expecting it to get to a certain level of craftsmanship at the end, which I am as well. But it's more of the like, oh, look, it actually turned out the way I had in mind, you know, and it's like I can always see things that I could do better. But, you know, I'm always really happy with uh, like progress made, especially when I'm doing something for the first time. And because I know as a as an artist and as a maker, I know my abilities and I and I know. I've had this experience of doing new things quite often and I know that I can kind of, excuse me, look at something and see how it's made and mm-hmm. be able to put my hand to it and expect myself to be able to get a certain level of craftsmanship at that finish, even on something that I've never done before because of the way I've done other things, right? I have this kind of, I have a, a, a library of skills that I can use and, and I can reference back to, to be able to, you know, make something even for the first time look fairly decent, at least or as far mm-hmm. as I want to know enough that it makes me want to try again, you know, or push a little further and not just complete failure, you know? So <laughs> yeah, but it was always like the little things, you know, like the shiny brass or the like nice high contrast in the wood or or, you know, revealing the blade again after it being taped for a while and just seeing that really nice finish on it from the Scotch-Brite belt, which I was really happy with. But after it had been taped for a while, you know, you kind of forget about it, pull it back, and be like, ah, oh, it's really nice. And yeah. So yeah. I, I think other than my, my favorite part of the, the the video, other than the two Celtic sequences of you running, yeah. <laughs> yeah. is before the end, it's like a pre- like you're holding in your hand. Yep. And I got a bunch of different shots of it, like the blade and you holding it out and kind of doing right. a couple different things. And there's some real nice matte solo music under it. Mm, um, nice. uh, very sparing because I'm always slowing him down. Mm-hmm. People who don't know it's uh, a friend of ours who used to be in my band. Him and I do the music together, but he's always the lead. So he's the guy right. showing off the whole time. And but we had a few where I'm just like, hey, you you do something by yourself. I'll just sit here and be awed by what you can do. Right. <laughs> but I was like, like really, really sparing notes, barely, you know, a couple here and there, um, and that's under it. Oh, because nice. I, I, at first I was I I sat down and I was trying to like play an Irish style, like I was going to record something. I just couldn't, I couldn't right. get it. I'd need more time. Right, right. But I used that and it was just real nice, real quiet. And you're you're like holding it, and you're like moving it around, and there's a bunch of really nice shots of it. And I was like, nice. that that I was really happy with that. And nice. then, yeah. And then you wrap it up, and then we can. So 
we did the wrap up like normal outside. <laughs> yeah. Um you got your kilt on, you got your 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 war paint on. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and 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 Corinne couldn't your daughter could not find uh, the, oh yeah, couldn't find her face paint and stuff. Right. Like, you see we got her some some, you know, quote unquote more professional face paint at, uh, like last Christmas or something, but she couldn't find it. So um we also have a like a, a face paint um makeup kit so it's more makeup rather than paint yeah. and so we ended up using that <laughs> yeah. she's just like and crid did it she did it for me in the bathroom did she I get, yeah i just was i just sat down on the toilet seat and she just did it like and then i kind of looked at it and gave her a couple like you know suggestions on what i wanted a little bit more bold or a little bit bigger or wider and she did it yeah it looked great yeah but uh yeah that face paint is hamish's face paint from braveheart the battle face paint that he wears when when William Wallace has the like half blue face, you know, like that was yeah. Hamish. And Hamish. and the idea was we would set up a shot kind of like that, kind of like the end, yeah, that where they're all running. they're all running over the hill and kind of down. Or I don't know if they go come over the hill. I, I remember it being a long shot yeah, of everyone passing. Yeah, right. So you got the whole group of people, and at the end there's the highlight on his sword. Mm-hmm. So it's like perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you have the highlight of you having the sword. They never showed in someone's hand or whatever, right? It's right. thrown and stuck in the ground. But I kept, yeah, I kept seeing like you holding it up, and then seeing a shot of like a real tight shot of you holding it up in the sky. Right. Yeah. And that that just came <laughs> out so good, like better than I I, yeah. I had hoped for. Yeah. Like that shot with the, um, just a bounce board under it, really lighten it up. Yeah. Really bright. Yeah. yeah. And then. And then the shot of you running over that part of the hill, which was perfect. That little hill. Yeah. It's one of those things where, just enough. where yeah, if you right. lay down low enough, a little like four or five foot hill, mm-hmm. slowly sloping down towards you is perfect for that. And there's like a small hill, another hill in the like, you know, yeah. back left. You can yeah. see that. So it does, it looks right. It yeah. looks very uh, highlandy Scottish, you know, it like right. really, yeah. really works. Um, and then with some like colors and stuff, I mean, you know, I, I really bumped that up some stuff. Yeah. I, I really moved some colors around and shifted some stuff and did some yeah. film effects to make it look. Yeah. Nicole really likes that shot. She, and especially like with the hand and stuff, she's like, it's very much like, uh, like Spartacus or something like a seventies, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, action or whatever, that kind of time period, like the colors on it and stuff really feel yeah. like that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and that so was then, fun, yeah. yeah. So we, yeah. you would set it up where you'd be laying down, and I would back up just enough so I was out of the shot, you know. And then Corinne's there with me behind the hill, and she's holding both dogs by their collars. And then I would run, you know, take four or five paces, and then scream, you know, like a war cry. <sighs> I'm running down the hill <laughs> toward you, right. top speed, like you know, and just yelling. And 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 then as she would let the dogs go, so they'd kind of come up behind me and run kind of pass me as i'm getting closer to you and <laughs> we had the uh almost you know detrimental possible broken <laughs> face almost incident with the dogs passing right in front of you <laughs> mm. that was so funny <laughs> yeah because so each time it started out i'm shooting and i and luckily i i i think it's oh, what's, i don't know the speed but it's seven times slower it's seven perfect times yeah really really slow um, so I figured out how to do that. And you had, you have to drop it down in resolution for it to get all the frames. Right. Yeah. So it is 1080, but the 1080 and a bit of the, when you blow that up to the 4k size, it right. gives it a slight graininess to it. 
that works yeah. that makes it look like film you can see it it's digital but a little bit of that movement it really does it softens it up just enough right to give it a film feel um so the first time you come running by and it's too late the dogs are way behind you're like halfway right. down and they come just over the hill and then it's like getting closer and closer and then it finally happens they come up on the left of you right a camera and they're coming and then um luna jumps up and and bite grabs the ear yeah of toby oh, yeah his like his yeah toby's face just because they're always <laughs> playing and grabbing yeah. and he's always grabbing at toby the bigger dog uh, luna's yeah. the smaller one yeah. so jumps up and grabs the ear and his head goes sideways and then they're both <laughs> it they both turn towards me right. and the last second i like i scrunch up a little bit and I move I'm trying to keep it but I also I, pu- I put my head down I keep my hands up right. and I, I start to bury my head but I, I was ready I, I, I knew that they were going to hit the camera was going to smack my face like <laughs> that's what I was expecting to happen yeah. and luckily it didn't it just I ran by right by me but it was so close Oh man, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they hadn't hit into you. You know, like some dogs are really good about avoiding people, but mm. those dogs, like Luna and Toby, when they're playing, sometimes they plow right into us. Right, know? and when when one dog grabs the other's ear at like top speed, yeah. they might bowl into you. They just don't. <laughs> but they it's both so they both somehow avoid me, and then and you just see Toby's eyes, his like bulging, like looking at you right. all real close, all like. <laughs> Like as they pass by and then <laughs> Luna flying by. <laughs> so we put we put that shot up on Instagram with some yeah. um some cool classical music that yeah, I found. That was great. Right. I almost wanted to use that again, but I uh I found some, some yeah. free uh outlaw tunes on outlaw free pipes. source some some tunes and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, that's yeah, so much fun. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good uh, ending. And I kind of forgot that we had talked about doing that. And mm-hmm. um, I forget. I think maybe maybe it was uh, Dennis Tyrell, who's one of the other competitors and also a, um, a uh, organizer of the Dagger Challenge. I think he he mentioned something based off of the podcast, saying like how he was really excited to see me. You know, in like the the braveheart gear running down the hill at top yeah. speed like screaming holding the dagger <laughs> and we got it so it yeah. is it's good you're you're looking cool yeah. like watching yeah, you run and stuff is cool and watching the dogs run over the hill too it's yeah it's such a fun shot and the bagpipes are all going like a full pipe band and yeah. drums and stuff <laughs> and, the dogs and the only thing i'm <laughs> i'm hoping well if someone calls this out like uh, it's called well there's a couple of open source like music places right that like people just take recordings of other things like hey in 2011 i got this band playing you know pipe band in, in right. scotland or whatever playing this or wherever and the copyrights on it say it's totally open and you can use it any way you want that's what i'm searching right. for it but you never know yeah my my fear is some other video used it and right, then, like, YouTube's right. just going to catch that and be like, hey, there's something you're copying a part of it. So, as long as that, I mean, that's the only thing, we'll see. We'll see, the, see yeah. tomorrow or yeah, right, when it comes exactly. out. But, yeah. Um, really fun uh, bagpipe, pipe yeah. band music as you're running down the hill to end yeah. it and to open it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. to open it and to have the bloop right away. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a kind of a slow start, but it's such an epic shot, and it's direct. It is the thumbnail, right? Except yeah, exactly. except for showing the blade, right? Yeah, but you you're running. Well, it's not necessarily, but it's the same thing as the thumbnail. So it's like the thumbnail's yeah. coming alive right when you click on it. Right. Like, oh, it's not yeah. just a photo. It's this really cool slow motion shot running yeah. towards it. And then it's something funny at the end, and then it goes right into it. And this is the first time we haven't used the intro song or intro thing, so we'll see. Right. Yeah. This is kind of a good way to do it because we have a reason to have something else in the beginning. Right. Um. So so we'll see, and we'll see if we can maybe fit the intro song in another way. Right, um, yeah. Because it did feel weird without it. Yeah, felt a little empty without it to go right into it, but I think that's just because we're always used to, right? Whatever for sixty, seventy videos, it's always been that. Yeah, it ends and then it fades <clears throat> up to you. So it felt a little weird, um, but I think it right. it works and it gets right into it, and you have a really nice tight, uh, tight uh, intro where you're talking right. about it's like thirty seconds, and then we get onto it, and then you uh, are making the blade. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know. Obviously, like you said, you know, we're so used to it being one way, so it always it feels weird when you change something also. But you know, I think there's something nice about having a um, like a hook in the beginning that people are familiar with. And I think we talked about that, you know, on the podcast last week, too, with the like in my mind is that like that intro song that like, you know, all sitcoms have like there's something there that's like the hook that you're used to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so not having that felt a little different in the beginning. You know, a little bit off, you know, because it's not just me. You know, it's something like some videos, some, a lot of people's videos just start with them right away. Like, hey, you know, like right away into them talking. But then there's a lot of a lot of videos that I love and channels that I love that also have some type of little intro, intro thing that's always there, you know, and yeah. I might miss it if it wasn't there. But not that it would change. Uh, I wouldn't not watch it because of that. Right. You know, that 15% of the people who are subscribed to our channel and are watching all of our videos you know, they're, they don't really care. They're going to keep watching no matter what. Right. But there's something, you know, nice as well there. Like one that I can think of a lot is like uh, the Samurai Carpenter. You know, he's got yeah. this little intro thing where it's like this kind of almost uh, like uh, if you imagine Japanese ink, you know, calligraphy writing words, but all in like forms, 3D moving around you. He's got this and it all like all these things go around and then you see the Samurai Carpenter's word, name and then it pops up like. I'm so used to seeing that on all the beginning of his videos. So everyone he's ever done has that on there, or at least all the ones that I've been watching. Yeah. So I would be like, it would feel weird if it wasn't there, but it wouldn't stop me from watching the video. I'd still watch it. You know, it's be like, oh, that's weird. You know, it's yeah. like I'm missing that thing, that hook that I'm so one, used to. One idea I was thinking of is I get someone to animate animate <laughs> um, our logo kind of coming in. Right. Like yeah. moving just a little bit, but real simple, real nice, right? Kind of being drawn, you know, and it's and it being yeah. there, kind of yeah. in a corner, and maybe having like half a song where the song happened during that. You right. know, it's just like bam, 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 like yeah. like I have shorter versions of it. Right. Yeah. It's just like a, it's like the NBC thing, bum bum bum. Like it's right. Have mm-hmm. that, and maybe like you adjusting things or you know like turning on the lights in the shop like yeah and then you're there maybe do that um yeah that could be cool or even like i know we talked about as well like clipping together 
you know, like five seconds of, of you know, other stuff, like five yeah. one second clips of just different things happening or from that specific video. Right. You know, doing a little intro, like boop, 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 like a little, you know, highlights reel real quick of like what's happening in the video coming up, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, we yeah, keep like so, we keep thinking about things and suggesting things, but I think, like we're not sold on anything. So we're, we're like, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep thinking about it until something really like clicks or like stands out or, or works well or you know, yeah. Just keep trying different things. It's, you know, it's just kind of fun. That's the nice thing about doing a channel where like you can do whatever you want. Like, of course, there's <laughs> right. you know people are are used to a certain thing, but again, the people who are going to watch are not going to ch- are not going to stop watching because you changed up something. You know, they're like they're already invested. And the other 85% are going to watch anyway because they're just hopping on for the first time, you know, or, you know, maybe they've watched one or two of my other videos and, and this, so they don't really have any of that uh, familiarity and like expectation from the channel. Yeah. No, I mean, hopefully this one gets some views. Uh, we have the last six months to a year, it's been a lot of different things and, mm-hmm. it's you know, videos have come out slowly, so... I mean, just having a straight knife, a straight knife video is. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, that will do well, and uh, yeah. and we'll see. Hopefully, um, yeah. Hopefully, everybody does well. We all, yeah. We all. I mean, th- I was just looking on the uh, Slack channel, and everybody's. Yeah. Right. Uh, thumbnails. Yeah, they're they're great. They're uh, amazing. They're so nice. Yeah. Really yeah. gorgeous tag with all types of. Uh, fancy stuff and yeah and i really like the idea of um like again you know the first challenge the gyoto the chef's knife that was pretty contained as far as um guidelines went you know it was like a pretty narrow thing that could be made so we're all making like the same thing mm-hmm. and then the the bowie knife obviously there's a lot of variation of what a bowie knife can look like but it's also still a very narrow area of design um, so then when you say something like a dagger, like just that word dagger encompasses so many different styles of right, dagger. A, sh- a short you know? blade. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I really like the idea of having something like that. Like let's do a dagger challenge because there can be, there, there can be, and are so many variations in what that could be. And everyone has their own idea of what they could be. So there's like what you typically imagine in your mind as a dagger. But when you put a bunch of knife makers who are, one competing to do something that is going to stand out and then also have tons of different, you know, aesthetic eye for what a knife looks like and what a dagger looks like and what they like, you get a really wide variety and range of different styles of dagger. So I think that's going to make this challenge that much more interesting for people to watch, right? They have 19 different makers who are all making the same thing as, as, as far as the word dagger goes, we're all making a dagger, but but the variety of daggers in the world are, is so huge. So it makes it for a better, a, uh, you know, a more entertaining thing for the viewers. Which is really yeah. cool. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just looking through them. They're all like any, any, anyone would deserve to win. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things like everyone's yep. such good, such crazy good blades. So, yeah, really, really. It's just work. who can who can rally some people together. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vote so. for us, everybody. <laughs> <realize that. laughs> and uh, and kind of relative breaking news: we will be having uh, Dennis Tyrell and Aaron Lee on again to uh, 
announce the winners and talk about the dagger challenge probably in two weeks, right? Because I think our the voting is a two week voting window um, for for voting on the videos. So after those two weeks, two weeks from today, we'll have I think we'll have them on that week. Now we record on Thursday night, so we'll have to decide if if by Thursday night there's enough uh, a big enough gap that we can kind of announce. We can decide the winners on Thursday night, although it won't come out until till Friday, where Friday is the you know, the last time for the for the voting. So we'll see. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we either have them on in two weeks, or if for some reason it has to be a week later. We'll do it a week later. But yeah, have them on great. the podcast and talk about all the things they've been up to over the last year because we had them on about a year ago when we had the dagger, the uh, <laughs> the the chef's knife challenge, you know, the K tip challenge. That would be cool. There's, yeah. They've both done a lot of stuff since then. So, you know, channels have grown and things have changed and it'd be a fun conversation. They were both excited to be on again. Yeah. And I, I've been out of the, uh, the Slack conversation for a while. Yeah. And yeah. I right. redownloaded it and it's like, it's like too much to read into. <laughs> yeah. It's like a shit show of everyone discussing things. Should we uh-huh. do this? Should we do that? What do you think about this? But I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, whatever. Here's our thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was nice so if you go into like the um what is it, the assets page on Slack, you get to see you know, that's where everyone uploaded their like final pictures and stuff. Like this is right, my picture, yeah, this yeah. is my link, so you can kinda like everything uh you know, you get it all in one place kind of. And then if you go back into the, if you just go into the main dagger challenge page, that's just our, all of our like conversations and people right. showing progress right. pictures throughout the way and all this stuff. So, you know, it's kind of fun. But. It's funny trying to wrangle all these people with different opinions, how things should be done and yeah. what we should do in the future. <laughs> right. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that more uh, when we have Dennis and Aaron on, you know, talk about future challenges and what are some of the ideas of what we might do for other things and how we'll include other people and make it fair, you know, cause the whole point of this challenge is really not to challenge other makers, but to build the community and to, to, you know, build relationships and everyone push everyone further on and build everybody up together. So, you know, we want to keep including new makers and smaller channels and stuff and, and bigger channels and different people because we all we want to build to the community, but we also want to push people forward and um and so to do that we have to add in new people but we can't have a challenge with like 40 knife makers right because that's right. just that's just too much for, to ask people to watch so then like how do you decide who gets to continue in the next one and who doesn't and <laughs> you know it's can't all just be by volunteer or random because you know, right and like you can't just you can't just keep putting the same people in who all want to do it again right like yeah but exactly. for you know for us we're we're fine to bow out <laughs> for Once not all year, of them, right? but like we, we can't do all of them anyway. Mm. We have a million. If we're just you know, it's not an art. We don't have a knife making channel, right? Exactly. If they yeah. want to do a bow challenge or an axe challenge, we'll, we'll maybe we'll start that. But yeah, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. We can't. We can't do it. We can't do a knife every three months. It's just yeah. impossible, or whatever right. the time is. Every six, even six it's months, probably. It's yeah, like it's like a year. we're good yeah. for once a year. You want if we want to yep. do it, that that'd be that's max. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, if like you said, if it was a knife making channel and we just did all knives, you know, then it would be fine, right? Like, okay, we'll participate whichever one it is because we're going to make a knife anyway for a video. But you know, doing different things and different yeah. timelines, and you know, wanting to to really have like a wide variety of skill sets on 
the channel because there's the art of craftsmanship, yeah. you know, like it's yeah. everything. I mean, so. <laughs> our, our next four videos are like a, a toy box, right, uh, yeah. barrel table, maybe uh-huh. a bow, yeah. probably an axe hanging. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. that, we already have restoration. Yeah. We already have <laughs> yeah. four months of stuff <laughs> that we have to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that'll be fun. All right. Well, we start wrapping it up. I um I know I said last uh week that I wanted to make sure I shouted out our patrons this week. Um and usually I talk about the patrons at the very end, but I want to I want to shout them out. So I'm going to um I'll pull up our list of our patrons and shout out who we have. Um we have we've had some come and some go over the years and so there are some that you know, we know there are a lot of people who have supported us over the years and if you're not on this list right now but you have supported us in the past you know who you are and we really really appreciate it but currently uh, we have 16 patrons uh rick poteet is our newest patron i think he's uh, he started up two um two months ago i think also we have another patron uh master of none they also started up two months ago uh we also have russell sparks is a newer patron Brigham Kendell is a newer patron, so Brigham, thank you so much. Mm-hmm, uh, Bob, um, who is at shed underscore 72 on Instagram. Bob's one of our patrons. Um, Redbeard Ops, James Keaton from Redbeard Ops. He's also one yeah. of the competitors. So yeah. he's our patron. Right, James, we really appreciate that. Um, Heiko Lang is a patron. Justin Miller, Donald Birdwell. Um, all these are some newer ones. Uh, S and S O'Hara, which is our parents. Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> we really appreciate <laughs> thanks, it. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Jim uh, Jim Garden Garden is a patron. Uh, we have one that is anonymous, and we know who they are, and they know who we know. We they know that we know who they are. So, for but, you who I are mean, you, the anonymous, we really appreciate I, it. I guess you can say <laughs> the name, right? No, nah, I'm it's, just gonna it, say anonymous. It's it's at the end of every video. Okay, well, and then. Uh, we have Johnny Mercer. Johnny's been a longtime patron. Uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Pettinger, who's also been a longtime patron. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Hawkins, who has mm-hmm. also been a longtime patron. Mike, thanks so much for being a patron for as long as you have. We really appreciate it. He uh, also came up with the name the Sadie Smithy for the Smithy outside of our place. Yeah. And Abigail TV, who is a, a close friend of ours and patron of the channel, also has been a patron from the very beginning. So. Thank you so much, Abby Girl TV. That's our six stream patron. So if you want to become a patron and support our channel and support the podcast and all the stuff that we do here on the Art of Craftsmanship, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Art of Craftsmanship and uh, sign up there. I think our our lowest um, amount is or you can become a patron as for as little as two dollars a month. So it's a, it's a small price to pay to uh, support something that we do, and, and we as a channel support other people and makers. So, you know, we really appreciate it for those people who go out of their way to support us. It's it's very humbling to have someone that supports you, um, yeah. you know, through, through just commenting and being part of something and then also giving us a little bit of money each month, which is really cool. It just yeah. all goes back into the channel. So, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of gear to buy and stuff to buy. It. It's just... That's the thing. A lot of that, well, all of that money, all the patron money does go back. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to buy a new camera if it was for that. Because right. the camera and stuff we bought was like, probably to- total like $2,500. Yeah, right. And, you know, no no one really has that amount of money to throw away unless you have it 
people supporting you and that, like we, we put it all back in right dumped yeah. it all back in and we've got some built up now that we are going to dump into other things and yeah are paying for us to go to events and and right. uh, and buy more gear for it's, it's just we're just trying to upgrade and make it as as uh nice and, and yeah. smooth and, and and good as we can yeah right exactly um yeah, you know, and that like I was I was talking to you a little bit before we started the podcast, but I actually reached out to all of our patrons today and just let them know that like we really appreciate it directly. I sent out you know uh, just a direct message to everyone, a little bit you know, kind of talk to each person and just and also reached out to them to send us their addresses because I'm going to send out sticker packs to everybody as well nice. as something yeah. else. I want to I want to send out something. We've done some little things over the years, and but. I want to make something. And so I have a couple ideas of something that I might make and send to our patrons. Um, and, and, and you know, so. we could probably reach out to some of the older ones too that have. Yeah. Since right. dropped. Um, yeah. Patronage. Yeah. But I mean, I understand anyone. I mean, you can, you don't have to do it forever. Right. Yeah. It's exactly. not a thing like it. If you do it once for a month and then you stop doing it, like I, I understand it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate just you going through the whole, rigmarole right. of doing it and getting your card out and yeah and, exactly. and doing that like it, it yeah there's no like yeah we don't care if you stop and but if you right. ever started we want to give you some love for that yeah you have to look back and that would be kind of nice yeah at least send like sticker packs or something you know yeah send something so i'll have to see if i can find people in the past i'm sure i can look back at like previous years and patrons and stuff see make a list a bigger list of everyone <laughs> right. who's part gonna, of it you know we're gonna be using a big chunk of the patron money just to send gifts <laughs> to the <laughs> patrons send, yeah exactly it's, so half your money's gonna come back anyway we're gonna send you all <laughs> it's <laughs> right. like it's like the npr thing you, you'll get something you know but you'll get a bag for like a hundred dollars so right, exactly yeah so you know it, it is what it is yeah yeah all right. Well, before we go, I did want to um, shout out the makers in the Dagger Challenge. Um, so let me pull that list up real quick, and I'll show them out. It's just, um, you know, these are all the different competitors, and I want to make sure that you guys know them. If you don't already know them, you can check them out. Um, but let me find this list did, real quick. Did we want to go into what we've been up to, or have we reached our limit? Well, I mean, we've been up to making the dagger pretty much. I mean, no, I, I mean, uh, like, like what you've been on vacation and stuff, and yeah, we can we could do that. Or what have you been up to over the last? Uh, it doesn't matter. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> I uh, while I pull up this list, yeah, I mean, you've done some hunting stuff. Yeah, I uh, it's been opening oh hunting, yeah, hunting for axes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. No, it was opening day here in Baltimore. All right. Yep. Yeah. So we did our first uh, three games here. Mm-hmm. Against the Brewers, one one, lost two. Yeah, I saw but that. But <laughs> it always feels good to get back in the stadium. For those who don't know, I do like sports production. So I'm in the control room. I do uh, replays and edit together highlights and stuff. Um, so no, it's been fun. It's always fun. Uh, luckily, we're going back now, or at least for now. There's no masks and stuff. So this is the first year we've. It feels like we're going back to normal. Right, because yeah. the last two years haven't. So, like everyone's back, and you can see everybody, and and the show feels normal. And uh, right, it was good. We got the win on the opening day, which is always nice. That's fun, and exciting. Yeah. And we had a couple. The other two games were okay. They were pretty good too. So it, it's 
I yeah, mean, it's heartening, you know, when you're at least relatively competitive. You know, you, like you, there, you have a chance. That's always yeah. good. You know? Yep. Yeah. So it, it's been uh, great to get back to that. And right, I, I was like, yeah, finishing editing this video, the Scottish making a Scottish Highland dagger. Dagger. I yep. think that's what we named it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's always that balance of like. Uh, title and thumbnail working together to tell enough, but but not to not be repetitive, you know. Like so, you know, like and capture people with enough of a, you know, a, like a fancy title that gets them to come in and watch, but also is is a little bit like exciting, but not out, you know, not too crazy where it's like purely clickbait, you know. Like, yeah, you won't that believe balance, the you know? yeah. Yeah, my but dog attacked good. my other dog in this knife build. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that's always kind of fun to figure that out, and we're like always going back and forth. But how about this? How about this? How about this? But yeah. So oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Do that, and uh, yeah, we just we were rushing before you went off to vacation to get it done. Yeah. Right. So that's what I've been doing. We finished up, and I was editing in the days before work and getting that out now. And yeah. it's funny all the everyone still now is like sending stuff in and getting their videos ready yeah, exactly. for tomorrow. Right? Yep. <laughs> but it is really, it, it's definitely last minute. And we, yeah, we, did, we, we did the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got everything in on the 13th, right? That was the deadline. So yeah, I was like, all right, well, you know, that's originally it was like, let's get everything on the 13th, you know, so that way Dennis and Aaron have time to do whatever they need to do. So it's not like they're not trying to do it on the 14th, the very last minute, you know, that way they mm -hmm. have, they have the 14th to do any last minute things. And anytime you give a group of people a deadline, it's always got to be like a, a day or two ahead of the actual <laughs> deadline. Cause you know, like someone's going to mess up or like if you give them the actual deadline, then everyone's going to turn in the very last second and then you got to do everything the last second, you know, that's no good. So, but we actually got, you know, we, we had until the 14th to really get everything in, and we got everything in on the 13th, so that was good. Yeah, and yeah. so did that, and then you're on vacation now. Yep, and uh, yeah, and so, you got a new uh, new tool, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nice uh, chop saw or miter saw compound, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Sliding compound, sliding compound, <laughs> bevel. It can turn sideways. You can mm -hmm. do everything. Um, yeah. And th that was I was looking. You know, I mean, so here's my thought on it. Right for okay for handheld battery powered tools. Right, I wanted to get the best I could because like battery technology and those things, the way the tool uses the battery. Right. And, and the way that that quality I think really matters because right. they will only last for so long. So maybe people could say, whatever, I will get a black and Decker and just, it's only going to last five, 10 years anyway, because the battery will be dead. Maybe. Right. So I wanted to get those. So I got Milwaukee and then just a circular saw. I wanted to get one too, because those will last. I mean, a, Mm -hmm. a corded circular saw should last your life pretty much right exactly yeah especially uh, i'm going to use it a lot less than a lot of people would anyway probably right. yeah yeah but you should be able to buy one and use it for right much your, as kid, long as you your, your kids it. should be able to use it right yeah so i got the makita of that and then um 
then I was just kind of looking around for anything. Right. I didn't want to get the lowest budget, but I'm not going to buy the highest. I'm not going to buy like, you know, DeWalt or like four or five, six hundred dollars. And then there's right, a bunch yeah. of other bigger, not bigger name brands, but other brands that are big yeah. money. Right. Right. Yep. And then Ryobi uh, is a middle, lower end, but they just, you know, you can you can afford it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right. And they're, yeah, they're perfectly good tools. They're just yeah, yeah. For it's it's just it's it is just a little cheaper, is. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I was looking, and then I I found one, and then one was on sale, and it was a twelve inch blade. I was like, okay, yeah. cool, like like bigger. I I wasn't sure because I saw. One, the 12-inch one was cheaper than the 10-inch. <laughs> and my thought was, well, I guess 10 is the average. Right. And maybe there's reason. So I was asking around. I was like, should I, is there a reason I shouldn't be getting a bigger blade for this? And like you and Dan, most people said, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's yeah, right. to a degree, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll probably like having the bigger blade when you have to cut, you know, like yeah. a 4 by 4 or something. You can actually right. do it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. You have. Yeah. It's just it's cut, just yeah. heavier and a bigger piece of equipment, and you got to have yeah. room for it. And which I do, it's like huge. I don't know if it'll fit on the on the, on the bench. Oh yeah. Right. Because exactly. that the yeah, back sliding the slide. bars yeah. go back like a foot and a half or two feet or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. it was on sale originally. It was like three hundred bucks. In the store, it said two fifty, but I had seen it online for two thirty. So that's what nice. I got it for. Yeah. Sweet. I just came to it, and it was. I think the yeah the ten inch was like two fifty, yeah. Jeez. So I I just got and the, like the boxes next to each other compared like there were like four ten inches and then there was just this one giant <laughs> twelve, <laughs> 12 inch, yeah. like the size of all of them. I was like, all right, let's yeah. grab it. <laughs> yeah, it's but, sweet. Yeah, and like the also the other thing about a bigger blade, it's like it's like the two by seventy two as opposed to one by thirty or four by thirty six. You know that bigger blade, you have more teeth, so those teeth will stay sharper longer too. You know? Right. So yeah, obviously, and twelve inch blade is going to be a little more expensive, but you'll get that in but, time. You know, but not time. much. Yeah, like when I was looking at them, they're not that crazy. Yeah. Right. Like a ten inch blade, let's say it's fifty bucks. Yeah. Uh, it's sixty bucks for twelve. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, so so what? Like yeah, it's not twice as much. So it's you know no. make you like gawk at that. You know, it's like oh, no, okay. yeah. no, it's it's just a little bit more. So. That's what we got. And well, it, it, all I used it for was cutting trim. Yeah. Like it was a little overkill or, or base. Like I like had this four little. Inch, like, yeah, like, like four inch base. I was like, like at this giant thing. And, and that's great. But it's got like all the. It's got a. Uh, what is it, like laser? a clamp. It's got oh, like okay. a clamp yeah, thing. Yep. They can mm-hmm. clamp the edge. It's got a LED light that casts a shadow and shows the exact like line where it's going to cut. Nice. It's got the angles. It's got like a magnetic stop. Oh, you know nice. when the blade stops, so it stops yeah, in like right. two seconds, not like oh, fifteen. Nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So it's it's it did the trick, and we got the base up. I I got the base up today. That's true. Yeah. Nice. Well. <laughs> My daughter was napping. I cut it all, and then she woke up, and I brought your um, your nail gun in and nice <laughs> did it while she was watching cartoons. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Now that's a, that's a good piece of equipment. Like I said, for that type of thing, it's like, well, if you can get the bigger one, like might as well get the bigger one, right? Because like everyone's basically you kind of work your way up to the biggest of each of these different tools. Right. You know, it's like if if you're gonna use it, 
you know, you start off with the smaller one, say like a bandsaw, you get like a tabletop bandsaw, and then you might get like the next biggest tabletop bandsaw, and then maybe like a partial, you know, floored bandsaw, and then a bandsaw that's sitting on the floor completely, and then one that like sits under the floor. You know, like if you're really yeah. using something and you're and you're cutting things and you're using it all the time, like why not get the bigger and stronger one that's, you know, it's going to last longer and it's going to, you know, it's not going to stall out. So, yeah, yeah. I was like, if you can get the bigger one, might as well get the bigger one. And, I mean, uh, you know, I could yeah. be cursing it in two years. We'll see. Like, stupid <laughs> Ryobi trash didn't last. But, but uh, it, it worked today. So uh, right, I'm, exactly. I'm happy with it now. And, and like you say, it's one of those things where I, I don't need to get the best because I, I won't use it that much. Yeah. But that was but one I, of the things I mentioned to you that I've always wanted, like having a sliding miter, mm-hmm. you know, chop saw, something mm-hmm. that actually comes out as well. Because without it, you know, like I can cut like five and a half inches or something and you know i can get i can get up to six inches if i do the tip up trick you know like tipping up the wood into right, the blade right which is just just like safe enough but also just dangerous enough to be fun <laughs> yeah. but uh <laughs> so it's like you know i can do that trick to get six inches if i need to but really it's yeah that's a stretch so having something that can slide out that whole like foot or whatever it is is really you know it's really nice with you know any type of any type of bigger lumber anything bigger than four inches but I mean, I have a Delta, you know, that's a Delta chop saw that I have that, you know, sliding or, you know, compound miter saw that I got from my father-in-law a couple of years ago. Um, it was just, he had, he had that one and then he had gotten another one, um, that was a, just a better one. And so he wasn't using it and he was like, you can have it. So I took it and, and it's such an integral like tool that I use all the time in the shop. It just, that's like. You know, one of the one of the two thing. One, it's the only tool that stays like permanently on the workbench. You know, because it needs its own home. So, yeah. Um, can you guess? So I have that old craftsman saw, right? Chop saw that I was trying to use, and in it, in its defense, I think just the blade was it's super old. Yeah, and that's just and a, the and, and it and right. it's not. A, I think it it had like like twenty. 20 teeth you know it like, right. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it was not it's not supposed to trim something it's not supposed to be that it's not clean. A fine trim right yeah and it was popping chunks off of my base and that's why Jeez. i went and bought a new one because i was like damn it like <laughs> i had ru- i i ruined one yeah and for the room i was like if it breaks off another piece we're getting a, we're getting a new one a new job saw yeah <laughs> and, and, and my wife's like yeah yeah okay that's fine I came in like that's it, we're done. I like shut it down. <laughs> like damn it, it ruined a chunk, big chunk of like uh, the head, you know, the top just poof, flew off and yeah right. Um, so now I have two like big saws to get rid of. <laughs> I don't know if I just I, I don't know what to do with them. I guess you can throw you them have, out because they're both to. just they're sliding saws, right? No, no, the one is just a, a standard up and down chop saw. Okay. Um, and then one is a sliding, but it doesn't go up and down. It's the old school one where you right, have like just, the slider on top. Yeah, right. Yeah, slide, the whole so, thing slides. So I think I was yeah. just given both, and then right. I was like, well, maybe you know, I could, better than yeah, nothing, right, better than what I had was yeah, nothing. Exactly. But now I I don't need either, so I'll make room and I'll I don't know get rid of those <laughs> or. It's not even worth like selling like Craig's. No one wants it. No, yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, you can put it up for free. Like that's what I like some of the things that I have. I'm like, I'll just post it for free. Maybe you know, I'll take yeah. No, maybe it. I'll take it down to a uh, restore or whatever. Yeah, right. Maybe they'll yeah, maybe exactly. they'll take them because I've been buying stuff from there, and so I'll, I'll give them some stuff, whatever. Yeah, 
Right. Yeah, because you know, like those type of tools, some people like them, like the older ones, and they you know they know how to fix them up and get them oh. running well and all. So, do you? Uh, no, did I tell you what size blade the Craftsman was? The one I was using. Take a guess. No, uh, it's. Say six inch, six incher. Um, yeah. No, it's a nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do they even sell nine inch blades anymore? I don't like, know. yeah, right. I know because like it's, it's like an, it's like an old school. Like it's probably yeah forty forty years old. Right. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, if I can find new. Well, that blades. was I mean, oh, that's the sure chop, right? That was the chop. So I'm not the sliding one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. the chop yeah, one yeah, was yeah. nine. So. Yeah, <laughs> six incher. <laughs> I was like thinking, I was like, do this have small ones? I was like gonna say eight, but I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll say six. Well, they have small, right? They have like, I think the small is like six or seven and a half, right? Yeah, they have those, and then it's ten, and then twelve, and then right, then crazy numbers like fourteen and sixteen, and yeah, you'd have to be, uh, you have to like find those six inches on on eBay or something, you know, online. Yeah. 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 So, uh, our, obviously my week, we, you know, a lot of time spent working, um, on the dagger. We left on Saturday or no, we left on Sunday morning. Today is Thursday, but we, um, yeah. So we worked all, you know, up until that point Saturday during the day and all, you know, doing the final shoots and all. And then I can't remember if I talked about, making doing the axe and the the leather i think i might have talked about on the last podcast like working on the leather mask for the for the axe that i'm making for daniel donnelly and i like sat down to just like i had I'd, i had some extra time in the shop and i was like well let me try working on this and i was like all right well let me maybe i'll just mark out the pattern for the for the axe mask and i'm like all right that's fine i did the pattern and i was like all right well maybe i'll just draw it out on the leather. So I got the leather and brought it down and, you know, draw it out. And, uh, maybe I'll just cut it out. And I just kept kind of moving along. So I finished, <laughs> I like worked straight through the whole thing, finished it completely. Nice. So that's like done and ready to go. Um, I also, uh, received a, um, so I had the two axes that I'm working on one for Dan O'Donnelly and one for Byron McWilliams. Um, and I sent Byron his, he got it. And, and I received the knife that he sent me as the exchange, right? Cause we did mm. a trade. So I received his nice, which is awesome. I got, you know, I did a little live stream oh, video yeah. on that. It, it was yeah. early, wasn't it? Sunday morning. Yeah, it was. It was early. It, it looks early. You look, it looks in the morning. I was like, hey guys, good morning. Hey, it's uh, early. <laughs> you look a little tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to like do it before I left, you know. I know, trip, I know. So. And that's exactly right when I saw your face. I was like, damn, he did it <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> right in the beat. He's like, oh, I better get it done. We go down and do it. Yeah. yeah um, all right, let's undo this. <laughs> it was great, though. It's it's so nice. It's it's a, it's a really cool knife. So Listen, listen really to you take your that. morning dump halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> morning, guys. I'm finish this cup of coffee uh, right back. Uh, Keep it live real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And then I also opened the box. So Dan, I did get the the axe that Daniel made for me, which is super nice. And I want um, I want to oh, show right some pictures yeah. of it. So I'm not gonna talk about it too too much. But um, but yeah, he sent me the the boys' axe, which is really nice with like a really beautiful handle and big palm swell that he did and laminated palm swell, which is cool. And uh, and then he that, has a a wooden mask. Yeah, thing. yeah, he made a wooden, cool. yeah, wooden mask for it, which is really cool. I'll have to. 
so I, I tried putting on a couple different ways and it has, it's like a wooden mask and that it has a, a pin that goes in to hold the mask in place. Um, but like, I can't figure out if I'm putting it in the right way or not. So I'll have to, I'll have to double check with, with, uh, Daniel Donnelly when I get back, you know, send him some pictures and he can send me, you know, show me the right way to do it. But, um, but yeah, no, it looks, it's awesome. It's super cool. I really like the wooden mask. It's great. And, you know, I love, um, I love boys axes. He made me a boys axe and a really nice, uh, really nice one. So super yeah. pumped about that. I, it is, like I said, I think I've said this before, but there's, you know, as, as someone who does all this as a hobby and, you know, I, obviously I, I, I pride in myself, uh, the, the craftsmanship that I put into these things, you know, I really, you know, it's a hobby, but it's also something that I'm pretty passionate about and I'm, I'm proud to do a really good job as good as I can do. Yeah. So then when I can trade, with someone and I know that they're making that thing for me. And we had this kind of conversation with Roy Scott from vintage Axe works. You know, when you're making something for another maker, you know that they're going to look at it and they're going to like look for all the flaws and the things that they wouldn't have, would have done differently, you know, judge themselves against you. So it's really awesome to be able to make something for someone else and have that like passion as you're making it, you know, that you're making it for that person. Right. And I had that kind of conversation when I was talking about the, the, uh, the axes that, um, that I make and the ones like that Byron had reached out to ask if he could, if I could have one, if he could have, or, you know, if he could buy one of the axes from me that I've made. And I was like, I don't want to give away any of my axes. You know, I made them for me. (laughs) And like the whole point was like, I would be happy to make one for him because then I'm making it for him. You know, it's like, it's the whole process of doing everything is with him him in mind. You know, it's like, Oh, it's going to be used for this type of thing. And, you know, I want the handle, the palm swell to be really nice and the handle to feel really good. And, you know, all so the ones you, that I have, I made for me. You know, like I wanted you, them to feel. You already me. know you're going to give away your baby, right? You're exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm prepared. He'll be good, the whole he'll be good parents. Uh, yeah, you can <laughs> take it. Yeah, and and you'll get something cool back. That's also right. the exciting thing. Like, yeah, exactly. You get, I'm sure you'd be willing to trade all day with other craftsmen. Yeah, like, right? Would love to do that because you keep so many damn axes anyway you might as well <laughs> give away a few and then get some cool stuff back <laughs> right and speaking of axes i got three more axes while i was up here and while i'm up here in vermont oh yeah, boy first day it was great we walked into this uh antique store that i've been to a bunch of times it's right down you know it's like 10 minutes down the road from my in-laws house with where everything up in here in vermont is like 10 15 20 minutes away all the little towns are like half an hour away so 10 minutes is like right around the corner so, you know, went into this place and I walk in and first thing I see is three axe handles sticking <laughs> up from three axes in a bucket, you know. So I'm like, okay, axe handles, you know. Like I haven't really ever found axes at this place before. Um, you know, and I think I found like half hatches and stuff or maybe something, but never like good ones and there are three axe handles and I pick uh, I pick up the first one and I can't remember which order, but I got, you know, a, a Kelly Wood Slasher boys axe on a vintage axe handle, which is still in good condition. You know, they're all three of them are not hung great, you know, because they're they're just vintage, you know, they're not they're kind of wobbly and they have you know, nails and stuff in them to hold them in. But um, but they're all like reusable, rest, you know, restorable and reusable handles. Well, that's that's the ones you can actually get for a deal. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> right, the one with yeah. the nail in the top that's still like kind of wobbly rocking and, yeah, back right, and forth. Yeah. You, OK, I know I yeah. know about how much this should be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I Kelly Wood Slasher Boys Axe, which I have I have one of them at home, but I love Boys Axes and I and Kelly Wood Slashers are just you know, good quality, you know, 
um, axes. It's not marked. Rarely do you find a wood slasher that's actually marked, but it had, you know, the remnants of red paint and it has the eye ridges, which usually when those two things are together, it's pretty, pretty much a guarantee that it was a Kelly wood slasher and it's the right shape and, you know, era and all. Um, and then I got, so the second one I pulled out, actually, I think the first one I pulled out was the, was the con, was the Connie, the Connecticut pattern, but it was like, it was like too good to look at right away. I had to like, I saw what it was and I like put it back down and I was like, let me look at the other axes first because this one's too good. Like I have to look at the other ones to like, I want to spend some time on this one. So let me wait. So I like put that one back to, so I pulled up the, the, the second one and it was, um, it's a, a, a Michigan pattern axe, which is like my least favorite style. And it's the really common style. Like if you go to a hardware store you know, and you pick up a Collins axe any day from any hardware store. Now it's going to be a Michigan pattern. That's just what they are these days. And so it's pretty common and not the best looking pattern. Um, so I was like, eh, okay, it's a Michigan, but I looked at it and it's a snow and Neely, which is a, a kind of a, not a rare, but a little bit rarer brand. And what was it called snow and Neely? Snow, so and Neely. snow and Neely is a, um, a, a brand out of Maine, Bangor, Maine. And they like they've always been in Maine, and they make you know some really nice stuff. I actually have a Hudson Bay patterned um, small like boys axe size Hudson Bay axe. I have I have two I have three Hudson Bay axes. One is a Collins Legitimus, one is a, a Norland Hudson Bay Hatchet, and then the third one is unmarked, but um, from the consensus and what it's what there's like some remnants of paint on it, and where a sticker used to be, it's I'm pretty sure it's a Snow and Neely. Oh, wait, is that right? Okay. Mm, that might not be right. I can't remember. Maybe it is. But uh, either way, so so the Michigan Patterns of Snow and Neely, um, which is a pretty sought-after axe. So this, um, it may be one of the ones where I actually just just flip it, you know, <laughs> buy it and then um, clean it up a little bit and then resell it. So we'll see. But that's you really, Are you really going to resell it? I think I might because... Again, it's not a pattern that I love. I'll either resell it or it'll be like one that I save and I trade for somebody or I sell to somebody who wants one. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what kind of I was yeah. thinking. I was like, maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe yeah. I'll do it on Axe Junkies. Maybe I'll just put it up for trade. Like, hey, I have this. Because there's a lot of yeah. people who, yeah. who yeah. there's a lot of people who um, collect Snow and Neely. And if it wasn't in Michigan, I would keep it. But I just, I'm not a fan of Michigans. You know, so but I'm you like, don't, do yeah. you not have, you don't have a Snow and Neely though, right? I have I have a Snow and Neely Hudson Bay, but I don't okay. have any others. Um, um, but yeah, like you, you should know. you should do it like our uh, grandparents were brick collectors and they would mm-hmm. go to brick swaps. Mm-hmm. So it is that same thing? I mean, like any of yeah. these events or any of these things, it's f- number one getting together with like minded people, right? But also then, bring some stuff to sell, yeah, or trade, trade yeah. some stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> load the truck up, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still have a, well, I, I kind of have um, a bunch of bricks yeah, that my dad had laid in on his patio, which now is our patio. Right. And yeah. he's still, he's like, I'm like, can I, I'm taking some of these, but I'm like, yeah, you know, there's, I'm like, take what you want. Right. Yeah. They're your collection. Yeah. But then there were a few where I was like, okay, can I keep one of these? Can I, because yeah, right. there are really cool ones like. What you're looking for is is a bunch of obviously older bricks. Right. So some of them will say like, uh, blah blah blah, uh, it like Indian territory, right? Or yeah. or the, those things that are like before a lot of these 
uh, Western states and stuff had names and stuff. Right. So those are cool. And I've and then me going back and looking some more at them, like, oh, cool. Yeah. Dad was walking around explaining them all to me. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, I think I might, that's kind of, that was kind of my mindset. I like almost didn't buy it because, you know, I'm just, I just don't normally buy um, Michigan patterns and, you know, definitely not like this didn't have a very, it's not like it had a great stamp on it. You know, it says snow and Neely it's there. It's not super deep, but it's definitely there, you know? So if it had like a cool pattern or a cool stamp on it, you know, I'd, I would buy one like that. But if it doesn't, I'm usually like, eh. you know, cause I have, I have probably five or six, you know, Michigan pattern axes and different styles at home and things that I, I just haven't hung and I don't use that often. And I have um, modified Michigans before where I've kind of ground the back down so it's flat instead of rounded and ground the bit as well. Because everything on a Michigan is like rounded, the the toe and the heel. So the top and bottom of the edge are both rounded and the back, the pole and the top and bottom is rounded. So it's like everything is rounded. It's just, I don't know. It's not my favorite, uh, not my favorite shape, not my favorite look. Yeah. Um, um, you know, yeah. So. You know what you should do? You know you if, should do. Well, whether it's Instagram or YouTube. Right. You should record some of your trips into antique. Not You don't have to record the whole thing. Right, yeah. Like, get a shot of it outside, and then you're walking around, and then if you see handles, mm. get your camera rolling. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like everyone likes the reveal videos. That's like, hey, I, yeah. I did these. I, I checked out a whole thing, and this is what I found. So... Right. If you walk up to a barrel and you're like, oh, here we go. I got three handles. Let's see what they are. And then yeah. you pull one out. Oh, I got a blah, blah, blah. That's cool. And then, you re- oh, I got this one. And just react. And then yeah, you, know, so you get a cool one. Idea. Yeah. Because those are, you always have the, I mean, you're stopping all the time at these places. I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be good content. Whether, like yeah, I said, I like it's, just, it's just a story on Instagram yeah. or you shoot it and then we you bring it back and, and make it into every, like every once in a while yeah. have it's like a series like yeah i went to this place and i found this yeah that's a good idea i like that yeah so so i looked at snow and neely and kind of put that down and then i then i picked back up the connecticut pattern axe so when i pulled it out of the barrel the first time um two of them the the um the kelly wood slasher boys axe and the connecticut were both on shorter handles they're on like 28 or 30 inch handles and so when i first pulled the connie up i thought it was a boy's axe connecticut pattern which would be like a gold mine for me <laughs> like I, I there's something just really nice i don't i don't have a ton of boy's axes and i like that size it's just like really usable and versatile and uh and to find a Connecticut pattern, which they didn't make a lot of boys' axes in Connecticut pattern, so to find that would have been super nice. So I, I thought at first it was a boys' axe Connie, which I was like crazy pumped. But then I realized it was it's a full size, so like the eye is a full size eye, so I know it's a full size. But it is pretty narrow and pretty light, for so it's probably on the small size of a full size axe, you know, single bit axe, um, on a nice kind of short handle, like almost a boys' axe handle, and. And uh, I could see on it, there wasn't like, not a great uh, markings on it, but I could see uh, the words um, tool steel, or I could kind of see steel. And then once I got home, I kind of cleaned up a little more and ta- saw that it said tool steel. And then under tool steel, and that's all in the like capitals, you know, two words next to each other. And then below that 
was USA, like, you know, all capitals kind of spaced out. So tool steel USA. So above that, I could, couldn't really tell anything. I didn't recognize anything that I could, you know, like, like if I saw a Kelly perfect or, um, a Flint edge or Collins legitimacy, you know, there are, there are little bits of those or the font or the, like the lines around it that I would recognize, but there was nothing in this that I could recognize, even if it wasn't the like letters and stuff. Um, so I kind of looked at it and I saw that what might be like maybe a G I was like, I don't recognize any like makers with a G. I don't know about that. So I, I posted it, um, on Instagram and Facebook, um, just to kind of see if I could get some feedback on it. And then after posting it, I, then I searched, um, on Axe Junkies, I searched uh, the words Tool Steel USA. Mm-hmm. And then it came up with uh, what what I'm pretty sure it is um, because it matches, but it's a, um, what do I have? R King. So it would be R, like all in capitals, R dot K-I-N-G. And then below mm-hmm. that it says Tool Steel, and below that it says USA. So um, that's kind of where that's what I, I, I got from my search. And that's what a couple of people suggested. They were like, we think that's an R King. So apparently R King was around between like 18, 1880s, 1890s up until like the 1930s. So like late 1800s, early 1900s, there was um, the Collins company was making like made another line for another company, you know, the R King company. Mm-hmm. So, so it's definitely old. Um, almost definitely made by Collins, you know, produced by Collins for another company. Um, but it's beautiful. It's in like perfect condition. It's so nice. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love Connecticut's <laughs> and I've found a few up here. I haven't found that many. So, you know, it's such a, it's a, such a great shape and, you know, such a beautiful cutting ax head. So I'm really excited to put some work into it and put it back on the handle and, and, uh, let it eat some wood. <laughs> <laughs> I also found a uh, another perfect screwdriver, which I really love. The perfect handle screwdrivers there, mm-hmm. the all steel with the wood on the, you know, kind of uh, wood um, scales, like a, a knife, you know, on the handle. And then I found another one um, with the 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 word. I think it was Dasco, D A S C O, stamped on it. And it was it's similar, you know, like full metal tang design with the wood on both sides. But instead of it just being like a perfect um, transition from the handle straight into the neck of the screwdriver, it like it like transitioned down from the handle into the neck and then it bumped back out to like a flare and then back and then down again. So it has like something else. So I don't know what other proprietary like thing that another company did, but it's not an Irwin, but it's a similar thing. So I got that, too. And that was, that was cool. I got two two screwdrivers and three axes and each axe was only 15 bucks, 15 bucks a piece. So I was definitely pumped for that. Like I probably wouldn't have paid that much for the, um, for a, uh, a Michigan pattern, but because it was snow and Neely and because I figured I could at least like hang on to it and trade it for someone who really would appreciate it. Or I could sell it, you know, on eBay or something. And I definitely make that much money because a lot of people collect snow and Neely because it's definitely, it's like a main brand, you know, a lot of people from Maine really like it. Right. Um, or, or, you know, you could, hang it and clean it up and sell for a good bit more right exactly yeah yeah and it definitely needs some work like the top of the eye on that was kind of smashed in like someone tried to smash it down on and the pole was a little mushroomed and stuff so it'll take a little bit work to get it get it nice again but uh you know 
I figured I'll either do the work or I'll trade it or give it away to somebody or, you know, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, if it, if it didn't, if it had been like any other company, I probably wouldn't, well, I don't know about any other company, but you know, if it hadn't been marked, I definitely wouldn't have bought it. If it had been marked with even like, you know, true temper or Kelly or Collins, like I probably wouldn't have bought it but because it was snow and Neely, which is a little bit more rare and a little bit more sought after from people who like to collect main axis. I figured it would be worth it to have it kind of a cool part of the collection and, you know, or part of like having that in my collection of things to be able to trade and, you know, offer other people. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it should be good. But yeah, so it's been fun. We stopped at a couple different places, went to a few different fun towns and, uh, and, uh, have just had a good time up here. We went today, we took our dogs and my mother-in-law and father-in-law and Corinne and Nicole and I, we all went up to, uh, this, big nature area so it's called Merck which is um the big what's Merck? Merck's like a big fuel tycoon or whatever like or a tanker company Merck I think <laughs> is but the the owner of that whole company bought this property this 500 acres up in up in Vermont and then now it's got I think like 10 or something different cabins on it and you can rent them um you know for different you know it's all like these little cabins all over this property you walk in or hike in and my mother-in-law and her she's got a big group of girlfriends who go each year they have like for the last 20 years each year they go in january and they put all their gear on sleds and they hike in like two miles into this cabin that they stay for like a long weekend with no you know like just uh a wood stove, you know, no electricity and just like this little tin <laughs> cabin outhouse and stuff and, you know, up in Vermont woods. So, but it's really beautiful. We went up there today and took a walk around and checked out a couple of the little cabins and it was like 70 degrees and sunny day up in Vermont, which is not very uh, common at this time of year. So right? it was really nice. Yeah. Just as nice as it was down here. Yeah, exactly. I know it's been really good. We, you know, we came up here, it was like calling for um, kind of, you know, 30 to 50% chance of rain every day. And, you know, I guess we were in that uh, 70 to 50% chance of not getting rain because it really hasn't <laughs> rained. I guess there's a little bit tonight and it's kind of rained off and on over in the, in the evenings and nights and stuff. But, but it's been really nice since we've been here. So we've had a good time. Well, so, yeah. So we're up here through, uh, through Sunday and then we'll head back. And then I actually have Monday off, which is nice. The Monday after Easter this is our, Baltimore County and Baltimore City Schools bring spring break, so a nice, nice kind of relaxing vacation. And I, I did bring the dagger along with me, so I've been like taking it out and like looking at it and like ah, <laughs> just enjoying it, like ooh, ah, ooh, like <laughs> I've watched some other uh, dagger videos and people or people making dirks, you know, like to see what other people have done, and you know, I'm fairly convinced that ours is probably going to be the nicest one on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like what I've seen is like, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, um, ones on there. And then the ones that are on there, they're okay. But they you know, I think, mm. uh, yeah, that was, ours looks great. I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let me, uh, let me shout out the other, um, the other competitors for the dagger challenge. So we have, uh, Aaron Lee from a Lee knives. Um, we have Brian Cohn. B cone knives he's competing and he, these both of them both Aaron has been on both the two before that Brian this will be his second so he did the dagger challenge we have uh, Blackbeard projects this is his third so he just done all three Bracken blades forge so and and all these all these names are 
the names of their YouTube channels. So Alien Knives, B-Cone Knives, Blackbeard Projects, um, Bracken, B-R-A-C-K-I-N, Bracken Blades Forge, DB Craft World is on there. Drew Lininger. Drew's a young knife maker out on the West Coast, so he's does some really beautiful work. He's got a, his his daggers looking great. Um, and then this this name is is E N C I K. So I don't know if it's Ensik or Enkik. I think it's Ensik Ali A L E E. So Ensik Ali. Um, Hans from Hans Workshop. Heavy Forge. Uh, he Heavy Forge is up in Alaska. He's, he did a really cool blade. Uh, housework, Brian House from Housework. Uh, I, he, he might be changing his channel name to Housemade, but I, I don't know. I told him I, sh- I I thought he should keep it Housework because I because his company is Housemade. He does all the grinders and everything, but uh, you know. So his his channel is Housework still. Uh, Liam Penn, so Liam J Penn. I think his is just. I'm not sure if it's Liam J Penn or Liam Penn. P-E-N-N on uh, YouTube. Then we have Mystic Mountain Forge. Uh, we have Nord Artistrin. Art, sorry. Whew. Nord Artisan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's N-J-O-R-D. So like the, um, the you know, whatever that is. Um, uh, Finnish or Swedish. Nordic spelling. Yeah, Nordic spelling, right. N-J-O-R-D. Nord Artisan. Uh, we have Redbeard Ops, James Keaton, one of our patrons, uh, also a, a guest on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sperber Knives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have The Rivers Experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dennis Tyrell from Tyrell Knifeworks. And lastly is Wengel's Workshop, W-E-N-G-E-L-S Workshop. So I will actually put all of those channel names into the podcast uh, notes as well. So. If you're listening and you're not sure of them and, you know, for some reason you want to look in the notes to find that information, you can find it there. It's also on our page. There will be a link in the description to the voting form, which you can vote for. And there will also be a link to the playlist, the YouTube playlist, which will have everyone's um, dagger challenge videos on that playlist. So check it out. I think I may also have all of the competitors' names as well just in the description of the YouTube cha- the YouTube video. So. You can find it there as well. It's funny. No, I definitely have it because I'm reading off that list from the description. So it is 100% there on the description in YouTube. So you can find it there, but I'll also put it here in the in the show notes for the podcast. No, that, that'll be great. That's what I'll be doing. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. I'm excited. Friday or yeah. before before the O's game, I'll be watching a bunch of yeah. dagger videos and, and uh, watching our numbers. Of yeah. the video skyrocket to a million. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then uh, we'll be happy and <laughs> everyone will be happy and we'll be happy. Yeah. But yeah, some, some really cool blades that are going to be up tomorrow. So make sure, or today, if you're listening, uh, make sure you check them out and vote for us because we are the only, uh, we're the only channel that made a Scottish Dirk. <laughs> so, yeah, we 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 kind of had that idea. I had some ideas of different things I want to do, and then I was like, "Well, oh, I'll, you know, I had the idea of doing a, a while ago to do like a ski and do like the Celtic, um, you know, kind of knife that you would wear in your sock, you know, or in the hose of your, you know, your kilt, you know, wear that." And um, and then I had the idea as well. I think Derek may have suggested he's like, "You guys should do a Dirk. That would be cool." 
So that was kind of floating around in my head. So I might, thought Dark would be. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I think you did, and it yeah. it might be one. Well, it's definitely one of the longest blades. I don't know if anyone has a longer blade or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it's hard to tell with the pictures. You it's know, hard when to you tell. don't have anything. Yeah, but I think. Yeah, there's the one. There's one that may be um, longer, but I'm not sure. But yeah. yeah, there's a lot of beautiful knives and daggers. Yes. But I think that one, the uh, the dark will do the most damage. It's probably the the widest and longest combined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Exactly. That one's yeah. ready to go to war. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, <laughs> nice, cool. Um, recommendations? Any recommendations this week? Um. Yeah, I, I did uh, Fearless Flyers before. I'm going to do music. Um, okay. But I'm doing uh, Corey Wong. He's the guitar player in Fearless Flyers. Uh, but he has a lot of just great, funky, instrumental concerts and stuff. And he, But he puts out these kind of live, uh, really filmed well. He, he like runs a great band and there's like a brass section and stuff and so that's what i was listening to all day today while i was cutting stuff and doing nice. stuff so i was thinking of him so just uh Corey wong you look up him and he's a great guitar player and they do great funky really cool instrumental stuff right on nice you said he has like documentaries and stuff he's like Corey wong no j- just he does like there's like a bunch of his concerts but they're like oh right on they're not like live, but they're just him basically recording full albums, but you get to see him. Like, like on every, YouTube? Every, yeah, every, okay. yeah, everyone in the group is so tight right. that it's pretty much one take, and then gotcha. that's the album, like, or one take per song, you know, like, the, and, the, and they show the whole thing. So it's on YouTube. Just look up Corey Wong, and uh, great stuff. If you have some time to kill and you want some, like, good, funky music. Nice. Right on. Cool. Uh, my uh, video or my suggest my um, <laughs> recommendation. There you go. This week is a YouTube channel, uh, YouTube specific YouTube video by from the channel Make Something, which is um, Dave Pachuto and Dave is one of the one of the members of the Make the Making It podcast. So it's Dave and Bob and Jimmy Jimmy Dresta. Um, so uh, Dave's channel is Make Something, and he just put out a video. Um, called how to make a knife the easy way. And so he has, um, he made like 10 different knives. Um, he designed the knives on illustrator or something. And then he sent them to the company send cut send, which is a a metal cutting company. So you basically send them a, um, you know, PDF or, or whatever you send them a file, a digital file and they cut the steel and they send it back to you. That was what, uh, what um uh what's his name uh shoot shoot uh what's his name um something from mancrafting um he oh, yeah. chad from no. mancrafting that's what he used for the maker camp um the the ornaments that we powder coated oh yeah send yeah. cut send um so so dave he you know used that company to send them the the files and the knives and then he had them send them back so he had uh stainless steel sent back to him and then also high carbon <laughs> steel. So <laughs> like, so the stainless steel ones, they, um, he didn't do any heat treating and he did this really funny, like, 
a, a few times throughout the video where he like made a a specific effort to like say over and over again, these aren't real knives. These are just box cutters. Like they're just box cutters. And then he, at the one point he's like, I know there are lots of really good knife makers out there that are going to put in the comments, really polite comments about things that I could do and that we could all do to help these knives be better. He's like, they're just box cutters. But he did like, he did get some, some sent back to him that were high carbon and he did like some um, heat treating and, you know, quenching and stuff to get the high carbon, you know, to get hardened blades. But like he didn't do any heat treating on the stainless steel ones. It's really funny. So he's like, these are just box cutters. They're not real. Knives. They're just box cutters. He like said it over and over again, like drilled it into us. It was hilarious. So, it's like you know as a as a content creator we know that feeling of like okay if i do this thing then there's gonna be tons of comments people are gonna be like you did it wrong blah 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 blah. you know what are you doing you're an idiot so he's <laughs> like he just like made the effort to like be funny about it in the video so but it's a cool video you know he did some really cool stuff and really simple like really simple way to make knives too just a blank you know i think he cut he cut some nice um some like exotic wood scraps that he had down to quarter inch scales and just put them on, you know, simple sanding, just either just straight glued on with epoxy or glue and a couple pins, you know, just shows you that you can, you know, if you want to get into knife making, there are ways to do it that are relatively easy and simple and quick. And you can make a product that you can feel relatively, you know, proud of and that it will work and it'll do its thing and it'll get you mm-hmm. going into the, into the craft. So you know, Dave's not a knife maker. He's a woodworker, but you know, he did a really good job at making this video and making it accessible to people. And, and, you know, if that's something that you don't have the ability to, or you don't have the comfort level to be able to cut out like the shape of a knife that you're really comfortable with, but you can kind of design it, then you can send it off to send, cut, send, and they send you it back. Yeah. Kind of I cool. think you should cut it out yourself. You should, but you know, if, if that's not an option, if you wanted to get, if you want to get into knife making, that's something that you could do to get into it. I guess. <laughs> you know, as a maker, you want to go of the one easy knife, way. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, did it with I did it with a Dremel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. With a cutoff wheel. So if I can do it with a cutoff wheel in hours, and I burnt a hole in my Raven's hoodie. You can too. <laughs> I still got that hoodie. Still. Still got a hole. That's my painting hoodie. <laughs> nice. Um. Before we go, just to polish it off to make a nice two hours. Yeah, right which we on. usually don't, we should split it into two halves and just. It's, <laughs> ridi- it's ridiculous. <laughs> we do two hours in one week. That's silly. <laughs> we're we're waste, wasting time. No, um, um, what was I thought? So I had to, to round it. it off. I had I had to make the joke about it. <laughs> you lost it. <laughs> Threw myself. Oh no! Uh, should I? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there, <laughs> so we're gonna do a. After this, I'm going to respond to a bunch more comments. Uh, yeah. Because right. that was my idea. Um, yeah. That if, so let's say on a normal day, we get like, depending when, it could be anywhere between 20 comments a day to 300 comments a day on our channel. Right. Um, maybe we catch and respond to like 60 or 70%. Right. Just because every once in a while when you or I sit down, we try to respond to stuff and some yeah. things that I can't respond to because it's a, it's a uh, direct dusting <laughs> question. Right. Yeah. So, but I was like, let's just, 
hunker down and respond to like as much as we can. Right. And hopefully my idea was you do that. We're on everybody's mind tomorrow when our video comes out. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, I don't know, maybe the algorithm will push it. Maybe people yeah. see it and think about it. But we can probably respond to like 500 people right? tonight. So yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. And, and yeah, we'll see. keep on going. Yeah. Hopefully everyone who gets a response. I, we already got some responses back from people. that like, yeah. wow, what a great late response. It's like four <laughs> months later. Yeah, you, yeah, I was just going to reference that one. Yeah, so <laughs> like, I think you, re- you mentioned you like responded to Keith Drennan. Who he talked about the uh, the Maker Camp video? He's like, great video. It was good meeting you guys. Although brief. See you next year. Yeah. And you replied, um, you know, today with like, cheers, Keith. You know, just six more months to go, or whatever, until Maker Camp. <laughs> right. And then uh, he replied back. He said the, his reply was the best delayed reply yet because <laughs> right. it, was, it was like three months ago that he made the the, the, the comment. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I saw that pop back up. I was great. It's funny. Yeah. So we we got a bunch of those, and yeah, all, yeah, a lot of people from Maker Camp who, yeah. who like said nice things. We just never we it just whatever it, and yeah. we missed it. Yeah, so Keith I'm, was the one. He and uh, he and I can't remember the guy's first name, but uh, Yellow Mug Inc. on Instagram and Keith Drennan, which is uh, Blackthorn Concepts on Instagram. They they organized the Maker Swap at Maker Camp, right? And Keith is also part of the Working Hands podcast, so you can go listen to their podcast. They do a good podcast as well. Working yeah. Hands. Yep. Cool. Yep. All right. Well, nice round two oh two forty seven right now on the on the <laughs> on the ticker. It's been fun. I know, yeah, we got into like the dagger challenge and you were like, Ah, should we keep going? Oh yeah, we keep going. <laughs> and the nice thing is that yeah, we have recognized in the past few years that not a lot of people do podcasts over Easter because everyone's on like vacation and you know, with their families and so a lot of podcasters will take the week off and so Maybe somebody will want to listen to a two-hour podcast of talking about whatever we want to talk about. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening again. Thank you for the patrons. Um, keep an eye out. I did reach out. Like I said, I reached out to all of our patrons and let them know that I want to send them some stuff. So if you're a patron and you listen and you haven't seen that message, check it out on Patreon and let me know your address so I can send you some stickers and some other stuff. Um, and if anybody else wants to support us over there, head over to patreon.com forward slash the art of craftsmanship and you can uh, figure out how you want to support us there. You can also follow us both on Instagram uh, at the art of camera, the art of camera guy. You can follow Devin and then you can follow me at the art of craftsmanship and head over to YouTube, subscribe, comment and like and check out our videos there and check out the maker challenge the dagger challenge for all the knife makers on youtube right now uh, it is up today if you're listening on friday if you're not then and you haven't already seen it well then go back and check it out <laughs> and uh, and vote for us so, yeah, i think it's a two-week window for voting uh you know let everyone know that you love our dagger and you want it to win we can win the pride of the dagger challenge other than that i think you know that's good i had a good time we'll see everybody next week and in a couple weeks we'll have uh dennis and aaron on to rehash the maker challenge and to introduce or to uh to tell everyone announce announce there you go to announce the winner (laughs) of the voting 
No, they'll introduce us. They'll the introduce. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'd like to introduce the winner of the dagger challenge on the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, it's been a blast. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>